What? Hey, everybody. It's the Boy Hattie Podcast. I'm Annie. I'm Bill. I we're, guess we're doing the podcast that's now. That's right. Of course we are. Let's get <laughs> well, into I'm it. Well, impromptu start to the show. What? 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 So, yes, Bill bought a, I'm looking at, his Steam You didn't even controller. touch it yet. You gotta put your hands on it. I haven't. Feel how svelte it is. Ooh, that's interesting with the reverse buttons. Yeah, that's no, if you see, if you flip it over and see how the back is constructed, it's like one big button on the back that rocks. Huh. That's like a, a much whole, better solution. That is the, the battery panel slash a button into its of itself. It's really weird. That's a much better solution than the Vita. Man, and it controls so good in my dreams, which is the <laughs> only way I could use it now. Uh-huh. So, okay, so I pre-ordered the Steam controller and the Steam Link thing, which mm-hmm. the Steam Link thing sounds like it's supposed to be like an Apple TV for games where you mm-hmm. could just uh, take uh, whatever game that you're playing on your PC or Mac and just like stream- kick it out to your TV. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, of course, that came out with the Steam controllers, and they had, like, a little cheap bundle of the, for, for both of them for, like, 100 bucks. Mm-hmm. And uh, so they both arrived uh, on Friday, and I unboxed them, and I started messing around with the Steam controller. And I fire up the Steam controller, hook it up to Steam, and Steam automatically crashes. Yeah? Bad enough, I had to restart my computer. Oh, no. As soon as I restart the computer to try the whole thing again just to see if was it the steam controller did my yeah, 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 was yeah. it just a coincidence my computer just happened to have a heart attack i check my email and there's an email in the five minutes from uh, yeah. between shutting down my well not shutting my computer dying of a heart attack and then yeah. restarting it i got an email from val saying oh by the way um, we see that you're a mac customer and uh, yeah the steam controller doesn't work on yeah, mac I, that's why i did i mean i looked in on their the steam link page and everything like yeah it doesn't work on mac big picture mode doesn't really work on which mac. i was surprised when they first announced both the steam link and the steam controller they said oh yeah don't worry it's a mac pc is anything it's relatively universal eventually eventually <laughs> well this is so it's only people who pre-ordered are getting the the steam controller and steam link now they don't sure. officially come out like retail for like another month sure. so they have a month to fix all this stuff right unless they want to come out and say hey guys unless they want to put a sticker on yeah. each box of the shipping them out the real yeah. selling uh maybe for yes max macs are not a game <laughs> um <laughs> Well, which is funny because it does work because, like, I did hook up to the Steam controller to my uh, MacBook and it worked, like, as a mouse on, sure. the, on the desktop. Yeah. And, I, like, so enough I could at least get, a, like, a feel for how the, the, sure. the touchpads work. Yeah. Um, which is funny because, I mean, they're kind of trying to emulate the the feel of a thumbs, uh, thumbstick. Uh-huh. Even uh-huh. to the point where, like, the thumb the, the thumb pad kind of clicks to kind of give mm. you a little bit of haptic feedback. Yeah. Uh, and also, well, is that like, your, how you click the Yeah, you can also too? spin your thumb uh, on the touchpad and actually acts almost like a trackball from an mm. old, like, uh, like arcade game. So, like, it's interesting. It, I mean, so at least that much, and I got to see how the buttons work and everything like that. But, yes, if coordinating that with Steam is what cra- that what kills it on, uh, on Mac. So. It does feel damn good in your hands. Yeah, it doesn't feel, yeah, it doesn't feel bad. Um, other people who, all the PC users who have it now say it seems to feel pretty good, but we'll mm-hmm. see if that actually becomes like an industry default, like uh, Valve seems to be hoping it'll be. Mm-hmm. Uh, but th- the nice thing is, though, everyone who ordered that on for Max, they, uh, Valve, uh, along with that apology, well, not even an apology email, but just saying, hey, this shit's uh, fucked up, it doesn't work. Uh, they said, uh, well, we're just going to give you all the games Valve's ever made, past, uh, present, and future for free. To really? make up for that. Really? Which, of course, the big joke online became, well, that'd be great if Valve ever makes any more games in the future rather than sure. trying to make, like, weird hardware and shit like this. But, you know, that's, kind of, that's not the world's worst. No. Yeah. That's a I pretty mean, damn good, uh... You can assume if someone has Steam that they probably already have all of Valve's games <laughs> yeah, because, like, they're all, like, five cents on Steam yeah. and Valve gives them away free for any random, sure. uh, you know, excuse but anyway. But all games like... in future is pretty crazy. Yeah! 
yeah, so Half Life yeah. Three. I don't have to pay for any Valve games in the yep. future. Yep. Uh, but Portal Eight because they're just skipping right to eight. But then I'm like, then everyone starts talking about how easy these are hooked up to a Steam machine. I know the Steam machines are coming out. Uh-huh. And the first reviews of the first Steam machine, like the Alienware one, yeah, yeah, yeah. came out. And everyone's like, yeah, it's actually not that bad. It's Has got me thinking it? about it. Yeah, again, because... Oh, Bill. Oh, Bill, just give Grumpy Turtle 500 bucks, and I'll I make know. you a machine that's probably better than that Steam machine. Well, that's the thing, because I went to the Portland Retro Gaming Expo yesterday, uh-huh. too. Which is, essentially, it's a flea market. Right. Uh, where they sell old retro games. And those old retro games, because it's mostly uh, it's mostly 8-bit and 16-bit stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and the prices on this shit have gone fucking crazy. Yeah. Last year, I dropped, like, 300 bucks on a bunch of, like, boxed NES cartridges. I got, right. like, all the Zeldas, all the Marios, all mm-hmm. the Castlevanias. Mm-hmm. For, like, 350 bucks, I got, like, 12. I have got them lined up on my bookshelf here. But, like, for, like... So, what's, like, 350 divided by 12? That's how much I... And, on average, I paid for each game. Like, sure. you know, like, 35 bucks. Yeah. Going there yesterday, the same games I bought boxed are, like, 90 bucks. Like, if you have doubled or tripled it in just less than a year. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, man. Like, I was, like, I spent so much money and bought so much stuff last year, mm-hmm. which, and not in a good way. Yeah. But to think that, like, even if I tried to do that this year, I would, like, I couldn't even bought half as much stuff as I wanted if I just took as much money. Like, yeah. the, 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 the 8-bit and 16-bit collecting scene for retro games is crazy. Yeah. Which, part of me, I'm sitting there at the expo yesterday thinking, I could spend, like, $500 on, a, on like, a dozen games now. Or I could just take the $500, get a Steam machine, and just yep. play all the games yep. ever made yep. with my brand new Steam controller that doesn't work with my current MacBook. <laughs> right, right. And so, yeah, I barely, well, I spent 100 bucks on a Famicom disk drive. The yeah. old 8-bit Nintendo had, yeah. like, a little disk drive they had for it. They only put huh. out, like, three games for it. Sure. Like, the original Zelda was actually made for that thing. Really? So I did get, like, a vintage one of those, but in perfect box with the manual yeah, yeah, and yeah. everything like that. That's I got that, an Atari glass, and, uh... Yeah, ground Ooh. control. The little arcade here in Portland, the mm-hmm. arcade bar thing downtown. They were selling uh, uh, laser engraved uh, pint glasses. Very nice. And for us to have a taste test on the podcast, I got us some Rata wafers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one of the vendors at the Portland Retro Gaming uh, Expo was a place called Nomables, and they just do geek and video game themed cookies and snacks and shit like that. So these are shortbread cookies that look like little radioactive symbols. Yeah. So it's a, good. it's it's fucking Fallout cookies. <sighs> What's the aroma? Oh, there's kind of like it's lemon in there. Dude. I was gonna say there's. It's usually like. Is it like, lemon? I hate lemon. I bet you that's how they got that yellow. Cause yeah, because it's like yellow green. So no, Portland Launcher Game Festival was okay. It's just, and especially knowing like all these cartridges that they're charging ninety bucks for, were like two to five dollars less than a decade ago. I'm that's, kicking myself. Yeah. Welcome to a collectibles market with limited resources, my yeah. friend. Which is, it'd be nice to own physical copies of all these games I yeah. had. As, and I got the big ones, like I said, last year. Yeah. That's why I splurged so much at the same sure. festival last year. Because to do so. I got, yeah, and really, uh, last year, and even last year, I'm like, when I'm dropping like $50 for a box copy of Super Mario Brothers 3, I'm like, I know, I, even last year I knew, I was like, I'm getting chipped. But it's worth it. It's here. It's yeah. boxed. You're I don't have to go looking online. the best bargain at a con. Yeah. <laughs> and I, at least I knew that, but I was like, yeah, it's worth it now. But actually, compared to if I tried to do the same thing this year, I, that shit was a practical fucking steal. Yeah. Right, this is a bubble that's going to burst eventually. Right, right, right. But man, yeah, it's if you ever wanted to get into... a couple of years before that bubble bursts, Well, that's friend. the thing I was wondering. Is this going to be a it's bubble... It's going to be a generational thing. Is this going to be a bubble that bursts, or is it just going to, like... It'll burst when the generation dies out. You see, that's what I'm wondering. <laughs> like, is this going to be something that, like, burst bursts in, like, two dead. or three years? Yeah. Or, like, is this just, like, the state of, like... is it, have, have video games... 
eight and eight and sixteen bit video games actually gone the way of like old comic books where like the bubble really never burst with comic books like shit like you know Spider Man number one ain't gonna go down in price anytime soon exactly exactly and so people still care as long as people <sighs> give a shit but it was a cool thing it was yeah held at the Portland it's funny too because everyone was talking about how big it was because they expanded yeah. the hall. And it's actually one of the smaller halls at the Oregon Convention Center, yep. so it's not that big, but compared to, like, Rose City or any other of the cons we're used to, it was yeah. actually kind of small. Yeah. Uh, but they still had, they had, like, the whole, like, a whole third of it was dedicated just to arcade games and console games you could just sure. go and play, so I got to play Berserk on the Atari. Oh, seriously? And then I got to play Star Wars Arcade! And nice. And where I could say, hey, man, I went to play some played Star Wars, the original arcade game. Mm-hmm. Good. That's still my favorite arcade game. <laughs> the funny thing is, too, because they had people there actually selling arcade units, too, and a part yeah. of me was like... No. Nope. Instead of buying a Nintendo, nope. I could just buy a Star Wars arcade. And I had just bought an elliptical for like $6,000. If and you like, can hook up the elliptical to I know, exactly. Generate the power, <laughs> which actually it does because I don't have to plug the elliptical into the wall. It like has a battery <laughs> charge thing. I could like, I could trade in my new elliptical for like three Star Wars arcade oh, units. Bill. Uh, but yeah, I, I only spent $100. What, like $102 counting yeah. the cookies? What do you think of the cookies? It's a totally adequate shortbread cookie. <laughs> No one's They're like homemade. No one's like, like whoa. Yeah. Shortbread cookies. Holy shit. This I somebody, like shortbread like cookies. This made but someone's it's not... apartment in Seattle that they brought down here. Like, yeah. So. Uh, this is it's very no, it's Phil, it's Portland. Look, Andy, dude. prepare to be disappointed with all things Fallout. Southeast thirteenth, Portland Avenue. Oh, really? Portland, here? Oregon. Yeah. It's oh, down down street, dude. They're... Wait, I have to taste it before I can say it's good. It's huh? it's totally good. Because I love shortbread. Mmm. Yeah, how you guys doing at home? I mean, it's just like, you know, it's a cookie. Well, while you were going to the Portland Retro Gaming Expo, I went to the grand opening of Bricks and Minifigs here in Portland. I was so bored because I wanted to see how impressive it was, how blown away it was. I mean, it's a tiny Bricks and Minifigs It's like like half the size of the one in Canby. And so, yeah, for... uh, Really? That's not... it's a pr- it, that's a five thousand square foot shop, dude. That's a big no, shop. I think about that. Yeah. Uh, Bricks and Minifigs is a cute little franchise of Lego resale shops. It's all very earnest and homegrown, and uh, the opposite of the the fancy schmancy uh, Lego store experience. But uh, it's it's a cute, and I'm glad to have an option that's in town, and it's on the way to my yeah. favorite comic shop town, Cosmic Monkey, too. But it was so funny because we went there and. Uh, they were doing a sale on some stuff, but even, I was looking at it, I'm like, yeah, I could get this cheaper at Bricklink every time. And I'm like, also, I'm like, I don't need to drop $150. Well, on you and I yesterday, there are Saturdays, we're out, out, of, out of place buying stuff we love and go, eh, we can do this easier online. So, but the thing is, this was opening day at this place, and they have these big bins of Lego parts. Mm-hmm. You can just pick out the Lego parts you want and fill a container, and depending on the size of the container, you pay X amount of money. I'm pouring through this, and there was so much human hair in these lego part bins that i was i mean it's all used lego parts like they were totally picked up from i'm sure from garage sales and goodwill and whatever you usually get it's not uncommon to get pieces that have been written on or filthy or anything like that but there's just something like in a sad way because each piece kind of has its own story it has a history you know what that bioorganic story hair (laughs) yeah human hair they got it as i was leaving there was a big um uh hand a sanitizer station and then when it did drink it <laughs> just, did you buy it all these children i got a bag of parts and got some minifigures they had the the new halloween series in their in their bin so fully it was very oh, cute so you could pick out the ones you want yeah fully <gasps> got both a lumberjack and the werewolf that he transforms into so oh, she can have a little, very cool she can have a little transformation vignette on her desk get, we're actually getting close to halloween if i want to finish this set I should damn do it bill soon. look at you you've got 
almost all of them. These are the ones we unpacked a couple of weeks ago. This is it. I haven't gotten any more. I haven't been able to find any more. Yeah. Yeah. I don't believe it. I don't have a BrickLink connection. That's right, bro. Actually, I should go to Bricks and minifigures. Just I fucking buy it. Well, the ones you don't have right now are probably the really rare ones. They're like 15 bucks a piece, so you're better yeah. off. Yeah. Anyway, that's that's the Lego Minute here on the Boy Hattie Podcast. Well, that's the other thing. Like, a couple hundred dollars on Star Wars? Or on uh, video game shit? I'm mm-hmm. like, I can get Lego Ninjutsu Erijutsu <laughs> Temple. Don't you dare, Bill. Or you get Lego Dimensions or something like that. Ugh, man, I'm I'm feeling kind of sluggish and punchy today because yeah, I noticed last night. Thanks, Bill, for your encouragement and support. Uh, last night, my friends and I uh, had some friends hey, visiting from out of town, and I took them to Tad's Chicken and Dumplings, which is a roadside attraction mm-hmm. diner that's been on the beautiful scenic Columbia Gorge Highway since the '40s. It's been this staple. And they live, (laughs) we are talking about it. Like, they're fascinated because they're one of those places that existed before the health craze, before health was invented, as Foley said. It's chicken and dumplings. And there's nothing there that's wholesome. I mean, it's just a gluten bomb. And this dumpling I had was bigger than my fist. It's like a baby's head and a half of dumpling. And I just feel like I'm so full of flour. Still Logie from yesterday. I'm just like, and I only ate like a third of it. I still have two thirds of it in my fridge. So, because oh. I'm used to chicken and dumplings being multiple dumplings. So it was essentially uh, chicken around a dumpling. There are two dumplings in there. But okay, see, that's huge. They're bigger than these microphones. Because if the dumplings are that big, it should be called chicken and dumpling. That's pretty much it. Because, yeah. And then, yeah, you're shredded chicken. A, you're and taking a chicken loaf of gravy. bread, squeezing it into a ball, and then putting chicken oh, soup on top. So good. But I feel like I can just sleep until fallout, which sounds pretty pretty damn good if i could pull it off that's like that's like three weeks it's less than a month you can menstruate thanks bill you know bill i really love how you connect with me as a person in I'm a way that's uh hey you know what else i, I got this freaked week? out this week and I, when i realized i have milk in my fridge that doesn't expire until after biff uh steals the uh the delorean back yeah, to the future too i have milk in my fridge that expires on Foley's birthday on thanksgiving and i was like Aw. do you guys get the super homogenized stuff yeah because yeah. we don't we don't use a lot of milk and we don't clean out our fridge very often, so it's This good... is our interesting conversation on the uh-huh. Boy Howdy Podcast. What kind uh-huh. of milk you buy? Was it good? Hey, Bill, tell me about Wooly World. I played uh, a little bit of it. Tell, you, tell me about Wooly World. What do you think? I enjoyed it. Yeah, it Bill, when I got over here, Bill was playing some of the new Yoshi's... Is it a technically Yoshi's Island game, or is it just a Yoshi I game? I just call Wooly's World, even though it's yeah. inspired by Yoshi's Island. Yeah. yeah. And it's just a really beautiful game. Like, the way they got the, the aesthetic of yarn stuff is really cute. Yeah. And it goes on to, like, the... They're, you um uh save people who have been unraveled and they're in little was it skeins of yarn yeah, exactly, and, yeah. and like they're they're bad guys who have like little knitting needles that yeah they... this is a uh, nintendo's attempt at the uh, uh third person survival horror <laughs> the game starts off yeah, it's a, a con- pigeon dating sim it's weird <laughs> weird yeah but nintendo's so cute that even their attempts at like third person survival horror just it's like everything's like beautiful well technically it starts off yeah you're yoshi you're one of the yoshis living on yoshi's island and, and uh comic the mm-hmm. little blue uh wizard that works for bowser shows mm-hmm. up and he decides for some reason to turn the whole island and everyone who lives on the island into yarn yeah and not only do your buddies get turned into yarn but they get torn into little skeins of yarn that you have to go collect and then re-knit together and then presumably turn back into flesh and blood organic beings at the end. Uh, so it's kind of, yeah, 
yeah, there's some David Cronenberg it's, body it's, horror I was gonna in this say, show. It's just, less cute when I think of that it. skin as a bundle of viscera. That's what I'm saying. Know? Yeah. So, but it's very cute. Uh, the music is terrible. It music sounds like is music. Bad. Yeah. Which it's the really original bad. Yoshi's Island had really good music. It's yeah. one of the best parts of that game. But at least the game looks really good because it's it's like the uh, Kirby's Epic Yarn kind of woolly, kind of fuzzy, kind of feeling and stuff. And yeah, the game is so beautiful. chill and laid back. Yeah, I almost want to save it for any day for the next time. So, yeah. So I can just like I'm gonna eat chicken soup and play. Yeah. It's kind of like the perfect just kind of comfort food that that yeah. game is the equivalent of the dinner at last night yeah, exactly yeah it's just kind of like comfort food and warm and you don't want to move very fast after you consume it that sounds like a nice saturday well you had lego and chicken and dumplings that uh-huh. sounds like a good saturday yeah nice yeah. lazy saturday because i know you've been working extra hard lately i'm glad yeah. you had you did that for yourself but i didn't have depression it would have been a great day yeah oh man watch inside out again this weekend too oh yeah it gets uh-huh. better with all every I need viewing. is my inner uh, Amy Poehler to just you know accept the sadness. And Man, I feel okay. bad with anyone with depression who's seen that movie. So, Bill, you uh... have seen the last Steven Universe of 2015. I have not, but I am on Tumblr and Twitter, so I may as well have. Oh, I, 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 I actually, I was gonna say, well, I forgot that I was gonna suggest we could have watched that before we start recording. Oh, it's all good. We I can do I, it now. We can hit pause. Well, the thing is, is that I don't know if they're gonna release it for because there's only been no, there's only one episode, and so they only released two episodes. At that's a time. why, because so, me too, because I subscribed to Steven Universe too, and I was like, I don't feel like waiting until like the next episode airs, like next March, exactly, to figure to out see it, this episode. Do they leave it in a cliffhanger? What do they yeah. do? It's not really a cliffhanger. Man, it just kind of stops mid-sentence. I hate that, which TV so what, okay. doing. Yeah. I hate that just by existing on Tumblr and Twitter, I am not allowed to be behind on CBD Universe, even by one episode. Did you see it's anything interesting about the new episode? No. <laughs> it was just a bunch of people being excited about Amethyst and Paradox. I'm like, okay, Why, kids, what's up with? Just a lot of people are now shipping that. Okay, well, that's going to be my thing, because there's a thing that happens in the thing, and I couldn't tell. It could be either interpreted. There's a whole thing that happens. Spoilers for the last episode of Mm -hmm. Seaweavers. It's not a big cliffhanger or anything like that. Um, Which is really weird that they would suddenly, like, choose, like, a random episode to be like, okay, we're not going to air this again for, like, another four months. Well, that speaks to how Cartoon Network treats that release. uh, But you saw the last one where they're, like, building a drill to go into the center of the Earth to keep, like, the cluster from destroying the planet. Uh, So this episode, it's more just them working on the drill and uh nothing really happens except Peridot tells uh, she's making fun of everyone for being yeah. like defective and fucked up yeah and she uh tells amethyst that you're actually fucked up you're supposed to be the leader of this group uh pearl's just supposed to be a slave garnet's an inhuman ab- abomination of the three of you guys you're the only pure crystal gem here not only that you were bred to be a j- big giant hulking monster warrior it almost sounds like she should be like another jasper or something like mm-hmm. that and she's and they actually go back to the kindergarten where they breed uh, crystal gems on earth mm-hmm. and a peridot sees the hole that amethyst came out of like you know a thousand years ago or whatever and she's like yeah that hole's really tiny what you must have been left in there too long or something like that that explains why you're so small when you should be like this huge warrior and she's like yeah you should be the leader of this group why are you mm-hmm. taking orders from anyone else and so it becomes this whole like like Amethyst gets really upset and like Pearl and Peridot has to learn to apologize yeah. to Amethyst for like dredging up all these emotions and stuff sure, like that. Yeah. So it's another p- episode of Peridot learning just, to be a person. <laughs> well, yeah, not being so yeah on the spectrum about stuff. But there is a moment where like for some reason Peridot gets knocked in- onto Amethyst and they're touching mm-hmm. for a moment and mm-hmm. then like Peridot's like, oh my god, I'm so sorry, I didn't mean to do that. Mm-hmm. And she apologizes 
And you don't know if she's apologizing to her for touching her because maybe she suddenly realizes she has feelings for Amethyst out of the blue. Or because the way I also interpret it is because if Amethyst is supposed to be this big warrior soldier guy, she might actually outclass Paradox. Yeah, so, yeah. So Paradox, the physical touching of Amethyst yeah. is not necessarily like, oh, so for some reason I realize I have a crush on you. It could be just yeah, like... Yeah, yeah out of respect for her because she's yeah, supposed to be like a different well cast. baked in yeah so, but of course the internet i didn't see what the internet said but even my notes i was like a plus p <laughs> who knows what but like obviously the humanization of peridot's gonna be a big thing this season yeah yeah yeah. and her falling in love with, with amethyst could be a thing of that but i would also like if it's not just like more slash well, stuff but well the thing is is that to shipping stuff but to call to to paint the way Steven Universe handles relationships with the pet, like the brush of shipping, yeah. is really reductive. Yeah. I like the, the way the show handles all relationships is really subtle, really mm-hmm. even handed, and very real. It's never easy. See, that's why, even in that moment pat. within this latest episode, again, whenever you watch it, well, I'll be interested to see what your perspective is. But it can be interpreted a couple different ways. Isn't that yeah. like, and granted, it's only a fleeting moment where, like, Unless you really got a head for shipping anyway, you may not even notice. It's mm-hmm. not like some kind of over thing. Did you see that uh, at New York Comic Con, Rebecca Sugar sketched uh, Rose and Pearl in someone's mm-hmm. uh, sketchbook, mm-hmm. but uh, them in a deep, deep-throated kiss? Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow! Mm-hmm. For some reason, I always interpreted um, Pearl's attraction to Rose Quartz as being kind of an unrequited thing. And being felt and feeling beholden to her for like liberating her and teaching her to be a human being, but like maybe something they never were actually like dating or whatever. Well, I mean, again, it's like <clears> to <throat> the whole. I feel like the whole point of the gems in general is that they are alien. Yeah. And they don't necessarily meet what we expect certain things to be, not, and that's yeah. kind of a nice shorthand to just showing different sorts of relationships on television. It's like, oh, you know, they're queers. No, they're just space. They're just from space. It's okay. Yeah. It's all right. It's not gross. They're bad that they're queers. They're just from space. They're just aliens. So it's like, I always see Rose Quartz as being not necessarily, she she seems like a very, a large person and that she's a large heart and a lot of love. And I could see, I mean, you see that a little bit with Greg and mm-hmm. he's yeah. like, he, Greg struggles with that. He does not get all of her attention and does yeah. not get all of her focus. And it's like the trained, same thing happened to Pearl too. Where, you're trained yeah. in, in society to only expect, you know, you find a person and they are hundred percent devoted to you and you're hundred percent devoted to them. And that's it. Yeah. And it's like, that's can be reductive for some people. I wonder if they'll like, uh, kind of like touch upon any kind of like analogies for like open relationships or anything yeah. like that in the show. Too, well, and I think, I mean, I think the nature of Steven Universe is that, that I really like is that it doesn't hit you over the head with any of that shit. It's just yeah. there. And you can interpret it as you will and you can push it this way or that way and it's there. Well, even if even if even if they were to make a canon that like Pearl and Rose kissed once, it doesn't really mean they were dating or even I don't God knows what anything could happen. But well, like, or my point is is that you don't have to show them being intimate to for yeah. them to have been in a relationship. But that speaks more to my own expectations where I just assumed mm-hmm. it was an unrequited thing. Mm-hmm. Especially the way Pearl kind of moons over. Mm-hmm. It almost seems like Pearl has a lot of unspoken things about Rose that she was never able to articulate to Rose. Yeah. And so that's why I thought maybe that's why yeah. it was in, like, I don't know. I don't know. What I we'll like find about out. the show's going to go on for is years. But... Nothing is simple. Yeah. Like, ev- like feelings are complex and hard, and the show's very honest about that. There mm-hmm. are no relationships on that show that are easy. And I really like that. And there are some relationships that are unhealthy, and there are some feelings that are unhealthy, but they're still all treated as real and natural because that's how. What do you think about Paradox? 
Peridot? Everyone loves Peridot so much. I'm kind of surprised. I'm kind of indifferent. Yeah, exactly. Because like, everyone's like, she's the best. She's... I think a lot of people recognize themselves in her in terms sure. of being kind of like slightly Asperger-y, kind of like not really connecting with people. So I think people are really sympathetic towards her. I'm just like, I'm kind of surprised that like, because she's designed to be kind of an annoying space cadet. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just kind of interesting. I, I feel like, I, I kind of feel like all of Peridot stuff has been kind of a holding pattern for the show a little bit. A little bit, yeah. So I'm like, okay, Peridot. Garnet spoke for the first time in six episodes. I, seriously, it's like, like I in this episode. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, it, it kind of went off on a strange tangent. But yeah, Studio Universe, pretty good. Last Steven Universe for 2015, so you don't have to put that up shows, with us. That shows. It's good, and I see more people every day getting into it. They're like, oh, yeah, the Steven Universe thing. That and Bake Off. <laughs> I'm like, motherfucker, welcome to, welcome to, like, 2013. Bake Off's appeal becomes more evident quicker. Steven Universe seems it, like yeah. it is something that is simple and pat and and saccharine mm-hmm. until you get enough of it that you see that there's it does recurrence to it take a couple episodes before they reveal that everything everyone's Here comes baking a joke. on bake off uh-huh, yeah. actually made of other parts uh-huh. that they actually combine to become like there's flour and there's water uh-huh. and it becomes a cake that's real good when you thought the cake was just the cake but no it's actually and then from space comes <laughs> Paul Hollywood and Mary Berry and their minions <laughs> Mel and Sue Soggy bottom. Oh, God. You know uh-huh. what? Uh-huh. <laughs> Our first piece of Boy Howdy merchandise is going to be the Steven Universe uh-huh. Great British Bake Off smash up shirts. <laughs> and it'll sell oh, God. twos. <laughs> we'll become oh. dollar heirs. <laughs> I can see that, though, with Paul Hollywood with the crystal yeah. nose, like, flying through yep. space on fire. Uh-huh. Like, Congratulations, oh, Bill. You God. have found a, fa- a piece of fan you art so the- niche. <laughs> Only you will like it. The little bit seen of yellow diamond looks like she could be like a young mary berry because it's her like a sweater sh- like you're like like a business like top mm-hmm. i'm just saying yeah well oh, i didn't man. consume a whole lot of media this week um still replaying dragon age man there's so damn much of that game and what i'm fascinated by it, is dragon so, age you've seen it all four times now well the thing what i'm genuinely always fascinated by with the dragon age games in particular is that I love Mass Effect, but Mass Effect is about playing a character in different in different ways. What's interesting about Dragon Age is you are very dramatically different characters depending on the choices you make. Not only with your origin, but in in the world. And um, it it's funny how you can have hear the same dialogue yet it means something totally different when your character is a different character. Mm-hmm. Like um, uh, I'm playing a, a Marasadar who's a Kunari mage. And being a Kunari and an apostate means he's like, because mages are essentially like all terrorists in this world right now, and the Kunari are an invading force, so y- he is alien in every way to everyone around him, pretty much, and uh, in one way or another. And it's re- it's totally changed how I perceive every interaction with every character and the choices in the story. And I'm just really, I, I just, you know, it, I get a hell of a lot out of that game. It's interesting and how it. Like the 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 way light hits it varies depending on my perspective and uh, yeah I fucking love the game I'll probably be playing it up until Fallout Four and then I'll play Fallout Four but I've played Dragon Age you're gonna fall at this rate you're gonna play like Fallout Four for three days and just go back to Dragon Age just because it's more comfort food even though you've been waiting for uh, Fallout Four for so long a Dragon Age Inquisition is fascinating I think I've played it more for more hours than I played Fallout Three at this point. Oh, undou- like that's all you've been playing for a year. Yeah, I don't see how it could be. Yeah, it's just it's um, a thing. But uh, um, the only other game I played this week is a friend of mine let me borrow his copy of Until Dawn, 
and I played maybe the first three hours. Of I played that exactly game. well, a little bit longer than you. Did, how how yeah. do you feel about Until Dawn, Bill? I love. I like it so far because it's schlock and it knows it's schlock. See, I don't know if it knows enough that it's schlock. Compared to like Heavy Rain and these other games that are supposed to be super, essentially, kind of doing similar things, where it's like you don't feel like there's a sense of seriousness to Until Dawn. No. See, I feel like it thinks it's Heavy Rain. It's a bunch of kids in a cabin getting off by a serial killer. It's... The way it's presented is, I feel like it feels. I don't like take it's... it. I don't think it takes itself seriously at all. And I'm uh-huh. not. Yeah, no. That, it's it's William Castle the game. William Castle was uh, an old filmmaker in the 50s uh-huh. and 60s and made a bunch of horror movies like The Tingler and stuff. Where sure. you'd go there in the theater and he would either have like the seats wired up to with electricity to jolt you to scare you half through halfway the sure. movie, or like in The Tingler it was this monster that's supposed to wrap around your spine and like. Uh, like reprogram your brain and uh-huh. so he, he would have rubber puppets of the tingler drop down in the middle of the movie <laughs> as like stupid gags just to kind of scare you and this is like the this is like the horror video game equivalent of that where mm-hmm. it's like a horror movie but it's got stupid like little like janky little bits of like goofiness it's 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 uh, it's yeah I, I don't know i don't i i saw it as being the pl- part i bits of it i played just felt like it was deadly serious to the point where i was like fuck really? you i'm out okay it felt like it took itself very Maybe seriously because you're informed by like heavy rain and all those other games that take themselves so seriously and this is like the format it's is exactly so? how is it different right, I, from heavy rain i've not gotten like, to the genuinely. point where the story is kicked in yeah i will say i think my biggest bias against it was i felt playing it Granted, there I wanted to play it more out of curiosity, just because like it's such an interesting concept to have a game where depending on how you play, all eight characters could be alive or yeah. all can be dead. Like there's some genuine like just some shit going on there that that like just in that as an idea, I'm like okay, I'm intrigued to see how that works. And the game therefore really pushes hard, like oh this is branching and things can change any minute in a way that was really interesting and transparent. But just the fear, sheer fact that when you meet all of these dumb characters you don't care about who feel pretty much the same, they're literally introduced with a, an array of adjectives floating around their That's name. That's what I'm saying. It's so And schlocky. then you go to the pause screen and they literally have like personality meters. Yeah, so saying. Where it's yeah. like I am two out of ten romantic. I am eight out of nine loyal. Yeah. And then there's also meters for each character. And I'm looking at this. And yeah, the relationships with the other characters, too. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I'm just looking at this. I'm like, do you have so little confidence or interest in your storytelling that you need to tell us that this is exactly this archetype? I don't think. I mean, my my interpretation is that they're not worried about like, oh, we're trying to draw you into the story. It's supposed to be just like kind of goofy. But why have that at all? Why not? It's a video game. Because it, it's a video game, and every choice should be a conscious, deliberate choice. And they're, what is and the they're telling you, okay, like, if, between like, the conscious that, that's how they tell you how your relationship with everyone else is changing. I don't depending object on your... to the relationship thing, really. Like, yeah. I think that's fine, especially, frankly, when you have that many characters. It's more the personality meter and having to introduce... You're talking like, about a game is... where, after the end of every chapter, because the game is broken up into chapters, uh-huh. you have a bit where, like, suddenly you're in... You're, you oh, have a God. psychoanalysis session Who with is Peter Stormare. It's the evil sheriff from Hansel and Gretel which he's in that movie he is I know he's it's Peter Stark he was in Fargo and a whole bunch that of other was, stuff that was I will say that is the one part of the game where I was like okay this game is I don't bad. see how you can see that and not think this game is not taking it because he's like oh he's well because I feel like everything else what do, you, what do you think are you scared of as you he even says as you play this game yeah and I like I felt like that was totally dissonant with everything totally else that happens. He goes through the fourth wall. It's Peter Stormare 
hamming up as humanly possible. Yeah. Showing you the stupidest shit in this yeah. little book that you have to choose. Yeah. And it's 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 so self aware that not only is it like it's a game mm-hmm. that is also just being presented in such a goofy schlocky kind of way. Mm-hmm. Like if it actually if it hadn't been for the Peter Stormare psychiatrist part. Yes. I'd be way more bored with what you're saying. Well, like yeah. if you're trying to be if you're trying to create this like story that's you're supposed to be emotionally invested in, but then you have these comical yeah like relationship meters and personality yeah. meters yeah. but like i but who knows well, like you haven't seen the end of the game and i haven't seen it yet so we can't i make know what happens because i yeah. went to my coworker and i'm like i'm never gonna play this game i got one i needed because i wanted to see how it played tell yeah. me what happens and he yeah. sat me down i'm like okay, and so i'll just right. I'll, i am playing this game like i'm playing like a, like an old 80s horror movie sure. where i'm like okay that boyfriend He's probably the killer. Let's let's act yeah. as if he is, or that like that stuff. Sure. Like, yeah, I'm sure. sure. Yeah, I don't know. It's just like I feel like in this sort of game, for uh, the game doesn't seem terribly invested in making. I don't know. I can't help but feel like it's coming. It's coming after Heavy Rain and and these other games, and like even the Telltale games to some extent, and even further back, you know, classic adventure games. Like the whole aspect where you have to look, like you have to turn the character's head to find things so they can interact with. That's straight from Grim Fandango. Yeah, you know, it's like there. These it feels very much so like in in the lineage of those sorts of games, and so in that way, I'm intrigued by it. It's funny you say that but, because like you do that in like Silent Hill and Resident Evil too. Yeah, like, that's like totally taken i mean that's yeah but uh it's uh which actually probably even predates grim fandango at that point yeah when grim fandango was 97 yeah resident evil was like 95 yeah, yeah. um but that's how i'm used to seeing it in like this sort of context yeah. anyway um it's yeah it just doesn't seem it's not it, like the sort of game where it feels like it wants me to make a connection with the characters but i'm just not gonna to me, yeah i i don't think i well actually i was kind of impressed like the the writing and the characters i actually thought was is, is actually better than i uh, mm-hmm. thought but at the same time, I'm under no impression that I'm supposed to be, like, connecting with the characters. Like, Foley's, oh my God. Foley walked in and just heard... Al- the opening scene of the game was so obnoxious. And I think that's another reason why I f- was burned on it so quickly. Because literally the game opens with all these crazy teens in this cabin. And they're going to pull a prank on one who has a crush on the other one. And so they, she has a crush on this boy. So the boy, they wrote a fake note from the boy to draw her into the room. And they're going to make her get naked. And then everyone's going to burst out and say, surprise, we got you. And the game wasn't willing to make the characters mean enough to actually go through with it. Yeah. So instead it's like, yeah, we're going to do this. We're so bad. And then she gets up there and she starts, she's like a buttons one button. And then everyone goes, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry, you guys. And it just felt like, I'm like, who are these? Like, this is so happy. <laughs> Half-hearted. It's like, oh, we're gonna have these characters be playable. We can't start out by having the player not like them, but we need to have this action so she can be motivated to run out into the woods. So we're gonna sort of do it and then not do it. See, that's the kind of thing. If this were a horror movie, depending on what rating they're going for, they go through or not. So I'm so used to that, like where like characters just make arbitrary changes, like like they like the characterization is not consistent because it's a horror movie. Because depending on like. Yeah, what ratings they're going for. I, like, I don't object to nudity or not. And I'm objecting to characters being like, yeah, we're going to do this. And then literally it starts to happen. And they don't even feel strongly about it not happening. They're just kind of like, eh. Yeah. See, thing. you're approaching this. Again, We neither of us know like exactly what the, the development history of this game is. But I'm approaching it for someone who... I'm assuming that like this is supposed to be just a riff on old 80s uh, slasher sure. movies. Sure. Which, the whole, that's Which what the whole it setup is. is. And if that's it what is. it is... 
Welcome to uh, uh, like character inconsistency and stuff. This is just that's just part. Like I'm not that worried about that because that's that's what it is. I it's don't object just... to inconsistency. People are inconsistent. That can be a sign of good character writing yeah. is when people aren't always predictable. I'm just saying it was like this was my first introduction to these characters yeah. was them having a half baked bad thought and then a half bait getting out of it and yeah. then i was just like i felt it was like such a jarring i couldn't feel strongly for them one way or another That's fine. but the thing is the slasher film is like an hour and a half and they all die this is like nine to that 12 is a different hours thing, yeah. i mean i approach it as to some extent this is this is a narrative game with with the that's riffing on this slasher trope which is fine. It's just, if I have to spend that much time with a the character, then they should there should be something to them yeah. other than adjectives floating I mean, around their in name. In retrospect, I've spent enough time with the characters now that I like them well enough that I'm sure. kind of glad they didn't go through with it at the beginning. It's, that was sure. a bad idea for a trick, and I'm glad they didn't go so sure. far as to, like, even though it's just well, sure. from a story perspective, it's kind of half-hearted. It felt like it had to be done. Like, yeah. we have to scare out of the woods, so this is what we'll do. Yeah. And it's like, don't start your story with a half-thought MacGuffin. Like, it's like... Again, but like, welcome to 80 slasher know. films. That's I the know. whole... But to say you're riffing on a trope... Uh, well, it's just a trope. It doesn't really forgive... Not to say they did that, did that, did that intentionally, yeah. but I'm just saying that like sometimes schlocky storytelling is sure. just kind of par for it. Not, like, to say that, like, that. Any, not to say that something in bad in a game should be excused just because it's riffing off of something that's already bad. If something's bad, it's bad. Just kind of like making a game out of something that's bad doesn't necessarily make it better. But I don't know. For a little bit of a plate of Until Dawn so far, it's got some heart in it that I did not expect there to sure. be. And so I'm willing to kind of like oversee some of its shortcomings, like the whole opening of the game. Well, yeah. No. Wait, spoilers for Until Dawn, though, for like the first like 15 minutes of Until Dawn. Yeah. What happened to the two characters that you can choose the fates of? Uh, they both died. Okay, I'm assuming that's baked into the plot. Well, did, well you... So I, as far as I can tell... Because your at first the last choice in the minute, game... Yeah. At the last, when you when the man reaches down his hand, did you grab his hand or did you let go? I let go. I also let go. Oh, well then, okay. Yeah. But I can't imagine there's, like, because the plot, I don't see, I don't see a way for those characters to get out of that situation. Well, one could and the other could die. Yeah, I don't know. Let's see. I don't know. I don't know. But, it's uh, a guy with a flamethrower <laughs> mask thing. Like, why would you take his oh, hand? Yeah. I'm almost. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bill, because it's a trope. <sighs> until um, Dawn. Why would a villain? So want you're to saying reach until Yawn? Until Yawn. Well, no. It, it also, just the, it felt did so many jump scares in this course of those three hours that I played it. <laughs> like one that was a, a goofy jump scare where it's like you're reaching into a cupboard and a raccoon jumps out, yeah. and that was the one that made Foley and I both scream. I watched your. <laughs> cabin two of them decide to go off because because they want to fuck in the cabin well because. also there's like a satellite cabin which i thought when the, the, the guy who owns the cabin says hey why don't you guys get out of here and go to this other satellite cabin i thought it was gonna be like 50 meters away from the house no it's, it's a like two miles yeah, yeah you, there's a whole chapter of the game which is you and her going through the woods the game is really pretty though it's gorgeous yeah it's really through, like the nighttime snowy yeah. forest stuff it's really, really lovely i keep on thinking screen capsules because it's so pretty yeah. But it's, yeah, but like you, on this trip to the forest, you're being stalked, and they have jump scares of this stalker 
like eight or nine times that are not visible to you until the last oh, one. Oh, I love that the easiest path from the main cabin to the baby cabin is to go through like a haunted falling a haunted apart mine. mine. <laughs> See, because, like, stuff like that, sure. like this thing, I'm like, but Bill, if this were trying to be a real game, I'd be upset by this. On the this, other hand, like... Bill, what is more like a video game than randomly, the easiest path is through a haunted mine? That is well, very video game so this, to me. I mean, I have no problem Should I be that? shocked that a game that embraces the worst parts of movies and games? <laughs> See, I don't know, like, You I, don't care for. I, yeah. Well, at the end of the day, they say this a billion times, I will play any game if I like the characters in yeah. it. Yeah. Any sort of gameplay with characters in it. This is a game where I like this sort of gameplay, and I like the 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 opportunities it takes with character development, and what I'm saying is I didn't feel, like, I no, didn't want to ca- develop any of these characters. See, like, this is more on me, just because, like I said, I think I grew up with the source material well, sure, that they're Well, sure, you're more familiar of. with this yeah. kind of And oomber. so, I'm used, and I'm, I'm watch so many bad horror yeah, movies sure. in my life. I that not. I, yeah, I have a tolerance and a thick skin for a lot of this shit. And sure. combine that with janky video game design too yeah, on top. Yeah, yeah. That really can like... From the your... one... So the two choices that really threw me were the ad- name adjectives and adjective meters, which, like I said, mostly just felt... I was really bothered that the idea of you're not confident enough in your storytelling. On yeah. the other hand, I forgot who these characters were every time I switched them. I'm starting to get better about like... <laughs> man, the, okay, the sure. one rich kid, Shosh, he's yeah. the brother of the two women who mm-hmm. seem like they're, they're, they're doomed at the beginning of the yeah. game. I thought he was badly modeled at first because he has these big bug eyes. Yeah. Turns out he's the star of a new show called Mr. Robot that is starting to get popular. Yeah. And because, like, I saw something like, there was, like, a Yahoo article, and it was, like, meet the star of Mr. Robot. And I'm like, and you're like oh it's my that God. guy. And his eyes do really they, are all bugged out. They must be doing the L.A. Noir thing of, like, face capture. Because it the, doesn't seem like it's traditional, like, say, the Naughty Dog method, where yeah. they film the faces and then they just be Yeah, there is some kind of enough motion capture where it's, like, they're capturing enough personalities of the actors, like, spontaneous. Uh, spontaneity but it's the same kind of la but, disconnect with la nor where the facial acting the doesn't hands, mask the yeah. body acting and yeah. everything it's just kind of strange but uh i'm glad you didn't hate it outright the two though. things that were weirdest were the adjective meters though like i said i forgot who the characters were and sure yeah. i guess it could be helpful and when there's dialogue the options float around your head and it's like and your character literally turns and looks at whatever like, option yeah. they make. And it's like, it reminded me so much of shoulder angels. Like the concept of the shoulder angel and the shoulder devil. And every time I kept thinking of Emperor's New yeah. shoulder angel. <laughs> so like, okay, Larry calls you a slut. And suddenly right. your character is like, are you a slut? Are you not a slut? And your character like, <laughs> looks am I a slut? <laughs> yeah, and looks left and right and says, not a slut? Yes, I am a slut. And you have to think about it. And then like push the thumbstick in the direction towards it is. And then, and then suddenly it flashes slowly, and goes, Yes, I am. Yes, it's just such a funny decision. <laughs> it is. It is creepy. Well, it's interesting. Shit. Well, you know, I mean, there. It, it's. It's been a long time since someone tried something new in a dialogue tree. Because I mean, like, they're so. It was really um, even Telltale. They totally rocked the boat with their whole in The Walking Dead when they have the standard, you know, option choices. But there's a timer on it. Like yeah. that was really. But that's the most. That's the biggest upset in dialogue options I can think of in the last umpteen years so they're trying something different it does speak well to what you're saying is that i've played maybe about an hour too longer than you and i still don't know the characters names i know josh <laughs> the bug eye guy who owns sure, the house sure. there's a hero's girl who's the blonde lady kind of the main character oh yeah kind yeah, of playing yeah, yeah. As. kind of the lead i didn't character. realize she was from heroes and so i was looking at her like why is she so fucking familiar yeah there's nerdy lady hot asian chick there's a lot of women in yoga pants in this game too, especially the yes, very beginning. Are. The two sisters no one die wears at the beginning. Comfy pants, yeah! <laughs> or say uh, warm pants. There's football guy, black guy. Isn't black guy football guy? 
Yeah. Oh, yeah, because he has the jersey thing. Yeah. I'm thinking football guy being the tall white kind of like he. Sh- you almost think he would be football guy because they're tall white guy who goes off on the forest. And there's nerdy guy, and then there's Willow. <laughs> <laughs> That's all. I wish you could almost read any of the characters. Um, actually, I had to turn the subtitles on just so yeah, not I so too. I could read it. But like I turn those subtitles on a lot just because I'll be listening to a podcast or stuff sure, while playing yeah. a game, but so it's easier to read stuff. <laughs> but just even yeah. so, because they'll, they'll actually have the character's name. Like, oh, K- yeah. Chris is saying this, so at least I can now. Can, <laughs> yeah. And even then, after like two or three hours of playing this game, I still don't know the names of anybody. Yeah. yeah. So no, it's it's an interesting game, and I I'm glad it came out, and I want it to be moderately successful enough because I want I want games like this and like Life is Strange. I'm glad to, to see that enough people are doing games like this. Like you could have yeah. kind of like a dud like this for from your perspective until dud <laughs> but uh, yeah well, no it's, then, it's... I, I, I like i said I, my the parameters i'm judging by are very different i and i i don't like horror games so right there i don't like being scared i am not the audience for this game i wanted to play i want to beat this just how... to come back and say okay Annie, i think this is why this yeah you well, you I ducked out what, at the right time I, well i was talking to my friend about it he's like yeah you because like <laughs> oh, no. i told him i'm like i don't like jump scares he's like yeah you should yeah, welcome the rest of this 80% game 80 percent jump yeah. scares I'll go dear both. lord um there's only one jump scare in all of gaming history that i have enjoyed yeah and it's on uncharted 2 when you're climbing you're climbing through the the mountains and you're climbing through like an ice tower sort of thing and there there you know there will be things in the foreground and as you're climbing through one area a part of the foreground moves and turns and you see its glowing eyes and it disappears and it's so unexpected because it just pops up slowly as part of the foreground is it one of the snowmen yeah it's one of the the abominable snowmen and uh, it's so unexpected and it so alarmed me because remember i played that on my friend's like a giant like life size by five foot screen in there there and it was such a great Alarming have you played thing. more of the Uncharted stuff this week? No, you I, were busy. Yeah, I had a fucking busy week. So, um, okay. Uh, but yeah, until then, it's it's interesting. I'm I'm glad I played a little. I'm glad bit, you haven't hit it out right because I could totally see you. And I just it was just interesting. It's it's there's sometimes you play a game where its values are not your values, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. It's not for me, but it's funny because it's so close to something that is for me. That's uh, I want it to be but now. Beep, speaking beep, of horror movies. Uh, speaking of horror movies. We get to the real, this might be the actual contentious part of today. <laughs> no, no, no. I watched American Werewolf in London. Does Bill Sid listen to the podcast? Sid does listen to the podcast. Sid uh, watched American Werewolf in London originally because they heard about us talking about it on like the second episode because one of the early episodes we were talking about our favorite Halloween movies okay. and you were talking about American Werewolf in London full circle that's right that's right how much did you love or hate this movie uh, to be scale honest with 1 you, to 10 I... Annie little things on your shoulders you could choose which. did you love it or did <laughs> you hate it I'm looking at the shoulder angels did I love it did I hate it I was kind of indifferent to it to be butterfly honest. effect <laughs> you made a choice so Bill will remember that <laughs> Yeah, no. American Wolf in London is not like the greatest horror movie. Well, of all time. the the effects are awesome. Yeah, like the practical effects are cool, and and I think the movie is less dated because of the practical um, effects. The most recent episode of Tardy to the Party podcast mm-hmm. that I do with uh, Daniel Rudus Grumpy Turtle uh, at Tardy to the Party mm-hmm. TardyPodcast.com. TardyPodcast.com. We talk. We just talked about American Wolf in London, mm-hmm. and. Granted, you guys have might have different reasons for this, but his attitude is pretty much, yeah, it's a movie. There's it's, a werewolf. It's funny because it's just kind of a straightforward werewolf movie. It's super short. Yeah. It's, There's not much more that's to what it. Even the plot is pretty much, these guys go here, this happens, and this happens, the end of movie. Yeah. yeah. It's not like, there's not a lot of crazy subtext or some, anything going on. I mean, I thought the most striking part of the whole movie is when um, I really like the motif of 
His, he gets, for those of you who haven't seen this classic piece of horror cinema, he gets bit by a werewolf. His friend is et by a werewolf. His friend dies. Uh, when he, uh, you know, eventually his dead friend appears to him. And That's it's totally my favorite awesome, part of the movie. gruesome. Yeah. Is that his, his friend, his dead That's... friend appears to him and says, you're a werewolf and I cannot, my soul will not rest until you're dead and you need to kill yourself. And um, I as a kid, that fucked me up. As it's a kid, intense. Like, exactly. His best friend, his you best friend is telling him you have to kill yourself. And at, you know, he's like, "Oh no, I can't kill myself." And he wolfs out and kills a bunch of other people. And then the next day, he's joyous and he's like, he feels so alive. He feels more alive than he has or has. He feels strong and he feels horny and he feels all these things. He feels great. He feels at the peak of health. And um, but he, his best friend, like gets him to come into a porno theater and sits in this darkened porno theater talk because, to him. Because, you know, that's what happened. Well, no, what was great is that the whole thing about porno theaters, you can come in and out at any time. Yeah. There are all these people who are, like, kind of obscured. You don't really want to see them. You don't see them. And I also thought it was just a nice kind of, like, in horror movies, there, like, there's always a certain amount of gratuitous nudity. I thought yeah. it was kind of a nice solution to that. But uh, Especially um, the stupid porno they're the watching. The stupid porno they're watching was really great. And the thing I just walked in and goes, oh, and then leaves. That was the best <laughs> part of that dumb porn. What a fun day for the B team to go out and yeah, film the fake porn. There is on YouTube. I think it's John Landis hanging out with on the set of the porn filming that day. Yeah, like, yeah we're just filming B-roll for like American Werewolf in London. And yeah. you see like the, the actors are having fun fucking behind him. And, like, <laughs> I don't know what they shot him for because it's like they knew it couldn't yeah. be for like a Blu-ray or DVD sure. or anything like that. But yeah, go ahead. Um, uh, the, uh. And as he's talking to him, you realize that all the people in the theater are actually the dead that he has killed. The yeah, just the night before, yeah. yeah. the night before. And just the makeup is so good and pleasant, like, good gruesome. Mm -hmm. Like, it's not, it feels very real and very gross, but it's not so gruesome that you don't, you can't look. I don't know. If you're sufficiently desensitized, it's a, a manageable amount of gruesome while still being very unsettling. Yeah. Although his best friend has, has now turned into a puppet. Yeah. What's that? a remarkably good puppet. Good I thought puppet. it was astonishingly Supposedly good. actually puppeteered by the guy who played that guy. So yeah. at least because they wanted to get actually get his like what his version of acting as that puppet would be. Sure. So they said here Here's a puppet of your dead I thought it self. was a phenomenally good puppet. Yeah. Like, I was, For 1982? And it holds up so good. Like, the only parts of that movie that are kind of wonky are... There are bits where they show the wolf and, like, the, the length of the wolf and the size of the wolf. And it's kind of hard to do that. They essentially put a guy in a wolf costume on a skateboard sometimes. <laughs> yeah, it's, kinda, it's just... Know. It's a little weird. But it was, you know, it was very... It was interesting. And um, uh, I enjoyed it okay. One thing that I thought was really striking about that movie is that it's so... Almost every shot is centered on a person and pretty tight in. Yeah. And there are very few establishing shots of anything short of the opening bit where you see the English that, yeah. countryside. It all it feels all there's almost kind of claustrophobicness to how it's shot because you're just so tight in and you're so close to these people all the time. That, there's yeah. not any relief in the movie. You feel and it's it kind of an yeah, interesting choice. Yeah, because even in London, there's not like big broad shots no, of London. Or there's like none. That. Yeah. There really aren't any. They're very spare. You feel very tight in all the time, which is an interesting. I don't know if it was an aesthetic choice or anything, or if it was just kind of Landis' style or whatever or is easier to do it that cheaply or whatever but uh, it's just kind of an interesting thing the only time you really get it pulled back is when he's when you're having some sort of struggle or conflict that's yeah. indicative what do you think of the werewolf transformation 
That was really good. Yeah. Yeah. I had that, 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 the weirdest part about that, so he's waiting to see if he'll turn into a werewolf. Yeah. His girlfriend's gone off to work as a nurse yeah. in the hospital, and so he's, like, in, in her flat, just kind of waiting. And out. in the middle of that, like, you think, like, he might suddenly go, like, No, oh, it's, oh. it's he's a strange a book. He's literally reading a book, and he stands up and screams. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, oh, my God, it throws down the book, starts tearing his clothes. It's like, like, like a flip switch. It is weird. A switch flips his. Uh-huh. Uh, it's yeah. A, it's a weird choice. I like the actor they got, because yeah. he's kind of enough of a lug. He's, he's a like, well-meaning, but he's kind of a goofball. And I love the actor who plays his, his, his best friend. Those two yeah. guys. I just like those two guys as just his characters in that yeah. movie. Yeah. Uh, it, it was interesting because um, I've seen that transformation sequence before. Yeah, because... Because it's just like a class. Whenever again, people Daniel talk Grumpy about Turtle, practical... He was pretty like, much, yeah. Makeup. And it kind of sucks, because it is one of the best parts of the movie, is oh, that he transformation sequence. He falls on his sequence. back, and he, like, he's turning to a dog, and it's so also like, he's just like, his, his real body's like yeah. on the floor, yeah. and his like, dog legs. <laughs> <laughs> Silly than some CGI horse well, shit. Well, there's some fun too, where it's like the hands start turning to dog hands. It's always like inflated bubble hands. That, like <laughs> it was great for the time, but had some parts that have not aged sure. well. But yeah, I still my favorite part makeup wise is still, especially when the best friend shows up the first time. Yeah, and he's the guy that. Well, no, not the first time because the first time he's still a relatively fresh kill and he's just bloody. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, he's got bits of his neck torn out and stuff, which that's yeah. actually just kind of like fucked up. But yeah. the second time when he shows up when. Uh, he's like a green meatloaf. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he's like fucking around like, hello, David, how are you doing? Yeah. Like that. The, but yeah, that being in a porn theater while a group of people very calmly and rationally yeah. encourage you to kill yourself is something I that will stick in my head for a while. Love the one couple that are super chipper. Like, yeah. Oh, you killed us. <laughs> but they're also like, you can get a gun and kill yourself. Exactly. And it's then like, you've got the other guy who's like, you must die. Uh-huh. You must get a gun. He, like the guy uh-huh. who's super pissed off about being dead. Yeah. Who actually played Bib Fortuna in the Star Wars movies. Oh, yeah? yeah. I did yeah. like Frank showing up very briefly. And it's obviously Frank X. He's, yeah. he's like, Mr. Kessler. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, what are you doing? It's funny because we were watching with some friends and they were like, that's not Frank Oz. I'm like, yeah, but yeah, that's Frank Oz. Frank Oz. He's probably in London filming the Muppet movie. Well, it was cute because I looked up on IMDb. The great was, Muppet Keeper. I was trying to recognize, there was one dude in the bar where I'm like, I know this guy. You're uh, the craggy two face guys. guy. There's... The craggy face young guy is the voice of Alexius in Dragon <laughs> Inquisition. That's why. Wait, the guy, the dartboard guy? Yeah, the dartboard guy. I love that you made me miss. Yeah. That guy, he's in Dragon Age? He is a Dragon Age. The most Age recent position. one? Yeah, he's in Inquisition. He's now Alexius. Now I want to play more Dragon Age. Because he's one I've of known the, him in other stuff, too. He's, he's one of the weirding English character actors. He voiced, he, 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 when you needed a Dumbledore for a Harry Potter video game, you Oh, they got him. <laughs> um, one, of the, uh, one of the chess players in the bar is Rick Mile, who was, uh, Freddy, not Freddy Got Figured. What's the, 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 the fake Beetlejuice movie with Phoebe Cates from Gremlins? You are asking the wrong person. Uh, Drop Dead Fred. Okay. And it was also in the young ones and stuff like that. Oh, yeah, that's right, because you want to know about him. Yeah. And oh, you've never seen Alien 3? I have. That's where I know him from, too. Because okay. the guy who's telling yeah. the joke about the Alamo, that's... Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Supposedly, the Northern English hate that movie because really? everyone... Because all the Northern Englishmen in that movie yeah. are so like, Hey, what's all this thing? Yeah. 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 All like, yeah. 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 Also, the people in that bar are kind of fucked up because, like, you said they're about up. to die. They totally kind of helped. In, like, yeah, I kind of wish I knew. You wonder what the relationship Granted, with werewolf shit exactly. is Exactly. Like, Lore is rarely what horror movies need, <laughs> but you kind of wonder what their relationship... Because I love... I really liked the set dressing in that bar yeah. because beyond the there's like a a what does he call it a pentangle yeah fucking dude pentagram uh the pentangle on the wall and uh he there's also like just skulls over the place and there are wolf skulls in the bar it's like really nice set dressing that's unsettling these details that kind of pop out at you the longer it's there 
And so, so I'm assuming like the werewolf lived in in that town and probably was like hung out at the bar. Like, what was the relation? They kind of never. I mean, it's something you're not supposed to well, think about. The t- but I mean, the bar has the head, the wolf's head on the sign. Like, clearly, this is a town that has a long storied relationship with that yeah. with the werewolf. So maybe there are like, multiple werewolves. That pentangle. Yeah. And those candles have been there for a long time. I wonder if that was somebody who was kind of ostracized by the rest of the community, yeah. just like lived out in the middle of nowhere, but yeah, sometimes kind of prayed. I don't know. It's kind of weird. But yeah, what'd you think of? the main lady because i used to think she was super hot she's a cutie yeah, yeah. She's a cutie. She's... i love how she's like you're crazy i'm gonna take you home it is kinda, i kind of like how sad and fucked up she is because yeah. even when they first have sex she's like i have to be straightforward with you i've had seven sexual partners and mm-hmm. i never really connected with them but i'm lonely and horny would yep. you like to have sex? It's <laughs> yeah like, yeah like yeah it, it, it's a surprisingly sympathetic portrayal of yeah. that lady uh she shows up um did you see the second captain america movie the winter soldier yeah uh, she's, there's a moment where some, like, old people from, like, the, uh, uh, like, who lead S.H.I.E.L.D. show up mm-hmm. to, to, like, confront Robert Redford, mm-hmm. and there's a lady who, uh, who Scarlett Johansson is Oh, I vaguely remember that. that yeah, yeah, She has, like, one line in the whole yeah. movie, but that's her, too. Oh, really? Like, Aww. so she's still working. She's doing stuff yeah. like that. But yeah, no, it's, uh, I'm glad, I'm glad you didn't hate it, but yeah, it is. Well, no, it was interesting, because I don't think you could make a movie that simple anymore. Yeah. Like, you just can't it is, do it. It. Is, it is almost a Twilight Zone episode. Because it's, yeah, there's not, it's a very slight movie. Do get bit, he bite, he get shot. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's really, there's not... And it, it's just kind of interesting. You don't, you just don't get that kind of straightforward storytelling anymore, much less in a fucking feature-length movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Anyway, I was okay. Yeah. I, I like the soundtrack. I'm glad I watched. Too. It. I like how kind of like the kind of like uh, the, instead of like all trying to be scary music all the whole time, it has like old Motown songs. Just yeah, like yeah. Kind of yeah. It was like it was like thank you for the blue moon illusion. Well, even when he dies at the end, I, I, a lot of people have issues with the way that movie ends because it's so abrupt. Because he gets shot, that's yeah. it. Fade to black. Yeah. Not fade to black. Just sh- well, what else do you end that movie with? It's so about his experience. Yeah! You know? Now you gotta watch the sequel, American Werewolf in Paris, where it's about uh, the baby he had sex with and he put in the girl and the she become a werewolf. With, huh? Yeah. Boy, I was, I was, <laughs> I'm projecting now. What does happen in American Werewolf in Paris? Is it just an unrelated... I've only heard about it. Yeah. It yeah. Made, it's made by completely different people. Yeah. But it's supposed to be the daughter of those two who for some reason gets raised, who's like, instead of being raised by the nurse lady, mm-hmm. ends up being like raised by her, like that nurse lady's like relatives in America, then it goes mm-hmm. to Paris and turns into essentially the same story. Mm-hmm. But like, rah, rah, rah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there's not that much in the way of werewolf movies out there, actually. Mm-hmm. Think about it. That's one of the reasons why I like American Werewolf in London so much too, because it's like, yeah, there's not a lot of werewolf movies to choose from. Yeah, well, the thing about, um, like, the thing about a Dracula, for example, is that vampires, there's, like, everyone's like, oh, it's the sexiness, and, like, they can be anywhere and be everything, and it's more about power, whereas werewolves are, it's all a metaphor for the loss of control. Yeah. And, um, you know, and it's, I guess it's harder for people to tell those sorts of stories. What I liked about- Because you think, you, you seem to think werewolf stuff would be even a bigger sex icon than- Because mm-hmm. Dracula, it's an old guy who lives in a desert camp. Yeah, He's essentially a not... living corpse who turns into a bat that sucks <laughs> your neck. Well, I think the thing about Dracula is the reason why he's such a big sex thing is that like the whole thing of Dracula is it allows women to be sexually active you know I was, it's like and, and that makes it more loaded because it's about women's sexuality yeah also I've heard some women say that's also like the appeal that you would be so appealing to someone that they would mm-hmm. almost like physically eat you like mm-hmm. like kind of bestial kind of which that. actually you think that would be also part of werewolf stuff yeah. well the werewolf's more just just eating you as, yeah, see, the thing as is, a ham steak rather it's not like sexual there's no sexual aspect to werewolves at all I mean I mean there can be but it's less part of the canon because the whole thing is that see, you're wild and I, I would not... think that like not 
not in terms of like the werewolf is the monster, but the mm-hmm. werewolf is the person you think yeah. of over sexual thing. Yeah. Because it's someone who you could love who can lose control. Yeah. And, but not in a good sexual way, but like yeah. that's a relationship some people have. If you're in an abusive relationship or yeah. something like that, or if someone who's like has, has addiction problems. Yeah. Well, see, that's like, why I've always maybe, been drawn to werewolves. Maybe that's why there's stuff in a lot of werewolf stuff because it's not the fun kind of. Exactly. Thing. It's like it, I've always been drawn to werewolf stories beyond the fact that obviously I've always liked wolves. Yeah. But um, I'm a Catholic. And so that those that kind of guilt cycle and shame cycle and um, uh, fear of loss of control has been yeah. like it's been a huge part of my life my whole life. And as a recovering alcoholic, it's that thing of like where you are yourself and but you're like this kind of other self that you can't control and you have no say over and how sometimes you kind of give your over self to that yeah. willingly but then you get caught in the guilt cycle and the shame cycle over again like have that stuff s- always have you seen any werewolf movies that you like or you just like the I idea of werewolves I, this, you yeah. know what the more I think about it this is the only werewolf movie I've ever seen okay but it's but like I said there's not that many out there there's like ginger snaps which is one of Foley's favorite movies um, the, it's interesting because I feel like as a werewolf fan, like here, I'll pick something else. Okay. Robin Hood. Robin Hood I've loved ever since I was a little girl. I'm very familiar with all the tropes and everything. And so I get more pleasure out of twists people do on it or like just ways people are, um, slavish to the original, but there's something new to it. And also the fact that what the original is, quote unquote, has always changed through history. Yeah. Like it's more about like those little flavor, bursts of flavor more than, like any, I'm never going to see a brand new Robin Hood thing that's going to knock my socks off, yeah. you know? Whereas with werewolves, and to a lesser extent, even with romance novels, it's like, these are things where I've grown up with them around me, and I get the gist. So I don't get really anything from the gist, you know? Yeah. It's like the American Werewolf in London, I enjoyed it, but I didn't really get a lot from it because it was just a straightforward werewolf story, and I mm-hmm. know enough of that that there was nothing in there that was really jarring or new to me. Um, and, uh, it's like with romance novels, I really struggle reading romance novels because I don't want to, like, there's just these tropes where it's like, oh, you're under 25, you're just in college, you're just out of college, and there's this rich man who sweeps you off your feet, you think blah, 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 blah. authors write that way because they assume that they're writing to, like, young, like, women that age? Oh, it's, I don't think that's the demographic, dude. It's, it's like, it's all an escapism thing, and it's all for people who are like, oh, to be young and... Blah, blah, blah. And also, it's just kind of the tropes. You write them because they sell. Because you think you're trying to write towards what you think your audience would be like in real life and then make that an empowering thing rather than just, like, start off from scratch where it's like, oh, you're already young and sexy. I mean, I guess that's it's the whole thing like, of Twilight is that, you like... I mean, that's the appeal. Yeah. It's like the whole idea of what if I'm young and I haven't well, same made any thing, mistakes. Twilight and... and Fifty Shades of Grey. Not to always yeah. boil everything on down to those two. But in but terms no, of most I mean, those are, that's romance... the trope. Like, yeah. those are... That's the common things. And that has no appeal to me. Like, I try not to read any books about characters on the age of 26 and that by itself is almost impossible and i don't want to read any books about billionaires or anybody who's where their primary characteristic is they're fabulously rich and that's really hard rock stars are very in vogue right now and that's just a variant of the millionaire fantasy and uh it's like it's really hard to find any books about people who have had children people who are divorced or well, that's realistic or... stuff that impinges on the yeah. fantasy. Well, yeah. what I really well see the thing is, is that what I like about romance is the fantasy is not what if I were younger, and let untouched and pure, and someone shepherded me into a world of love without me having never be hurt. That's not what's interesting to me in romance novels. It's about um, it's more about the fantasy of finding someone who gets you and is okay with you and you're fine like and it's there it's much more interesting to me for them to be real people and I like have real issues our common ground is that i want werewolf movies where 
the person is treated as like a drug addict or an, or an awful person or sure. something like that, and you want romance novels where the person is actually <laughs> well, like older person, has actually yeah. has some kind of realistic circumstance yeah. they start off in yeah like and it's like it's not glamorizing thing. the yeah. circumstances or anything it's genuinely just that is just where they're at yeah and there it's it's more about hard work than about a deus ex machina and everything's better um but anyway with werewolf with the werewolf story yeah i kind of there's always if you do a sex sort of thing, there's always a Beauty and the Beast thing where it's like, ah, oh, was Beauty who soothed the Beast and all that shit. And that's not necessarily really interesting. It's like we were talking about with Avengers, Age of Ultron. It's like, it's more interesting for me to have someone touched by beastliness and therefore become more comfortable with their beast side than yeah. like, oh, it's a civilization sort of thing. Or, oh, you know, you must undo this wildness. It's like, it's more interesting to me to kind of come to a peace with... Yeah, it would be interesting if you had a werewolf store where the guy doesn't actually die or get healed at the end. Yeah. Or it doesn't have to be a guy, the person, yeah. really. Yeah. Well, that's the other thing. You don't see many female werewolf stores. No. I mean, that's why everyone yeah. loves Ginger Snapsness so yeah. much, even regardless of how good or bad it is. Yeah. Just the fact that it's about female werewolves, yeah. that's a thing, yeah. So. Because it's like you don't, when you, it's like, I think it's so much more, uh, werewolf stories, I feel like, are about a loss of power to some degree. Yeah. Like, a loss of control over your power. And that's when the opposite I'm, of... Fr- I'm, I'm power. That's the opposite of, of a vampire thing, where you have more power than everyone else. That's yeah. the whole point, is that yeah. you're, like, you're treating everyone like hamburger. Yeah. Like, yeah, you're, yeah, you're just growing around d- dining on people. Where, so, yeah, the werewolf, yeah. You're, you're the one getting kicked in the nuts all the time. The one thing I did like about American Werewolf in London was I did like how energized he was and like how yeah so there's, there's, he was. even though he doesn't wasn't quite understanding what was happening yeah like it was yeah. like it was just interesting he to wasn't show, quite like, putting two and two together mm-hmm. there but like, like man i feel good yeah I feel good. Around. I feel like yeah you know well, like even his weird dreams that he's having when he's first infected like when yeah. he's like running through the forest yeah or like yeah, yeah it's just interesting but it's it's yeah, it was one of those movies that was hard to watch because it I'd seen so much of it and, and so it's little already of it so was slight as it, yeah, yeah, which is is interesting as contrast to like The Shining, which I had I saw for the first time very recently, and I had seen it note for note knocked off for so many years. Like I saw oh, The yeah. Simpsons Shining episode, which shot for shot in a lot of ways, <laughs> and like it had been so alluded to. And that there was no newness to the things I was seeing, mm-hmm. but the combination of it all is still so itself, yeah. and that I really got a lot from it. And frankly, I think I kind of got more from it from being already familiar with it and thinking I kind of understood what it was and how it would make me feel, yeah. that then the, the gulf between what I expected and what it was was all the more effective to me. And uh, yeah, I don't think American Werewolf in London has that same sort of power. Yeah. To it. Again, that's why I don't want to talk it up too much because, like sure. I said, it's not the end of the world. But it's just like I enjoyed it. I'm glad out of I saw a it. very shallow field of genre of movies. I will with... say this: it does make me want to go on a werewolf cavalcade. I should. Uh put, first thing I know. would suggest, uh, actually, like if you feel like that, go back and watch the original Wolfman. Yeah, I want to watch because the that's they Wolfman. mentioned that. Yeah. I mean, again, that's probably even shorter than this, and it really sure. is like. Bill, I understand that saying I want to watch some werewolf movies is much like saying I want to watch some Robin Hood movies, which is to say I want to eat out of a garbage can for the next week. I'm aware of that. Because like right, I think the same year that came out, there was the the first Howling movie came out, which I've I've never seen because I've never heard anything good things about it. But Mm -hmm. I'm trying to think. Yeah, if you started doing went on a werewolf kick. Uh, there's the werewolf movie starring Oliver Reed that Hammer did. Yeah, which I have. I will watch that mostly because I have a big old crush on Oliver. Uh, He's a Catholic. Yeah. Oh, that's actually that. There's my sexy werewolf. He's a, do you like Oliver Reed? I love Oliver Reed. If a man is played uh, this is Bill the role. Sykes. <laughs> yeah, this is the role where like women were sending him panties. Yeah. Not that he's actually that. Because he's, he, he's Oliver werewolf Reed. Makeup. He's not. But it's like yeah. 25-year-old Oliver Reed being yeah. 
And he's cat. Oh, um, actually, that'll be. Yeah. I'll give that to you. Okay. Yeah, yeah, and you own the original Wolfman too, right? Yeah. Because you I got that all that stuff. Yeah. yeah. I would like yeah, to I've got the universal. Bo- yeah, universal box. I love you so much. Because yeah, Foley oh. and I talk a lot about this. Well, look stuff. how silly he looks. The, the, the terrible thing about the original Wolfman, he got like a little dog snout. He doesn't look. He's got like a dog fur with a makeup. Well, I, he looks like somebody who has that, what is it, that, that disease where you get, like, the JoJo the yeah, Dog Face Boy yeah. sort of stuff. It seems to be kind of riffing on that. Man, this sounds terrible, and I'm surprised not more stories deal with, like, werewolf bestiality stuff, too. Because I know that's kind of undercurrent. I know that's something you're not going to turn who, into a movie. I was going to say, how like, are you going to put that on a camera? I know, but, like, like I know some stories will do that, like, but, like... The man comes home, and he's like, I'm so sorry, sweetheart, I fucked the dog. <laughs> like, what do you no, want? I know that's... Like, some women I know have been like, yeah, that's actually kind of part of the... Like, you know, it's just kind of like, if you've ever had a vague interest in bestiality, that can be kind of like a thing that, like... Well, I'm just saying, just kind of stuff like that. I mean, yeah, it's, I've been talking a lot. Foley and I, Foley's working on a werewolf story. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it's interesting when you have it with, you know, it's, monster stories are usually, like, m- most monster stories, it's a metaphor for something else. You know, it's like, it's, oh, this is that, or that is this. And uh, full, the way Foley's handling it is it's kind of a metaphor for just being an other in general. Yeah. And being disconnected from the world around you. And I want her to finish her damn werewolf comic. God damn it, Foley. Is it is it the comic that she's been, like... Yeah, it's The Widow I don't and the Wolf. I don't know if she changed it to, like, a uh, novel or something. It's called The Widow and the Wolf. Okay. And she, she has it all thumbnailed. She started her pencils and then work ate her. Well, hopefully she can get it done before, like, next Halloween, though. The goal was... Nice. Yeah, the goal is to have it done by Stumptail. That didn't happen. Yeah. Yeah, like, if she gets done by like stu- next Halloween slash Stumptown, that's a good goal. And of course, one of the many reasons why our uh, friend of the podcast, Dylan McConus, I really enjoy uh, uh, her take on werewolves too, Family Man, because it's about kind of more about the way she handles the themes and the way she and it's largely lady werewolves and or at least it's like a lady dominant yeah that's the werewolf thing, thing and, stuff, yeah. and it's just I, I like I'd be into werewolf bestiality if it was lady werewolves too fine let's fucking let's go around all the way yeah let's there we go Belle yeah. thank you also that's the thing Dylan does the thing where the, her werewolves actually turn just They're turn wolves. into wolves yeah yeah that's the thing because werewolves are supposed to be people that turn into Wolves. Right. You don't yeah. turn into a giant, like, refrigerator-shaped, like, fur pile. Right, know? right. Um, oh, man. So, okay, brief segue, and then we can take a break from the Geek Week interview. <laughs> Foley has a dear friend who... Also, you don't turn into a werewolf. You become a werewolf, and then you turn into a wolf. The, you this... don't turn into a werewolf every full moon. <laughs> just throwing that out there. <laughs> right, just, just be pedantic as shit. Thanks yeah. for your werewolf rules. I didn't, I didn't realize I cared much about have werewolf I, rules until just I, now. Have I talked to you at all about Foley learning about furry art for the first time? Have we talked about uh, this in the podcast? I don't know. Maybe we did, and I just blocked. Fully is so funny. Fully has a friend who um, uh, does furry art. And so mm-hmm. she's kind of navigating furry art for the first time in her life, which cracks me up because I'm just, when I first got online, like I was in my, I ran a fan site for Disney's Robin Hood and I was on forums for Brian Jocks's Redwall series. So there was always just kind of the furry fandom around ambient to whatever I was working on. And it's like, you know, it, it doesn't seem foreign to me at all. It's so funny because Fully has never looked at furry, furry art before. In I don't her see life. how you'd be online for long without. She hasn't been online. For, think about it. She doesn't yeah, really true. go online. And also, She's going online in the modern era means you're on Tumblr, but you're only really following people that you know. And, you know, you're not, not necessarily going to have a furry jump out at you or anything like yeah, that. True. She's on Twitter. And it's just so funny because it's all alien to her. And she'll she'll show me, she'll send me a furry art or something. And she'll be like, look at this. What is this? She's like, why don't furries look soft? <laughs> She's so funny. They're 
furries. Why don't they look soft? So now whenever I see furry art, I, I hear the, the panel of foley's in my head saying, is it soft is enough? She, is it like, she looking at like cartoon furry art or like, I'm just kind of wondering if there's um, a like. I don't, I don't know. I have not yeah. asked her of her journeys. But like whenever we see furry art pop up on Tumblr, it's, she's always like, why is, they don't look soft. Why is that tiger not soft? I'm sorry, Foley. I'm sorry. See, my interpretation enough. was like, most people who are into furries, like, the art they draw, it's essentially just a person with an animal head, so it's not supposed to be They're like a different. furry... They're different. It's interesting. Most furry... people tend to draw just a human naked body with, like, stripes and shit on there's it. There's never, From like... From what I've seen? There's never... I think there's a lot of variance um... in, the, in the field. But anyway... <laughs> Meanwhile, my wife just texted me, my celery is wrong. Frowny face. <laughs> oh, wait, how did she, how's her celery wrong? I don't know. Oh, speaking, this not necessarily directly uh, werewolf stuff, but yeah. there is also an old movie called Cat People, which I think they remade in the 80s. Uh, Cat People, just thinking about the whole sexual repression thing, kind of mm-hmm. like the lady stuff. It's mm-hmm. about a lady who somehow gets cursed into thinking that she if ever has sex, she'll turn into a cat and kill people. Mm. And I think it's, I, I saw it once as a little kid, and I think it may be, I think maybe she does turn a werewolf into a giant like panther or something like that. But I think maybe more of a like instead of, like a like 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 an actual she's turning into a monster thing. I think maybe all being all in her head, so mm-hmm. it's more of a psychological horror thing. Sure, sure. But just like in terms of Mitra's trying to think of any other kind of werewolfy stories that involve yeah. ladies, that's the only other thing I can think about. Insulation. Which is speaking about Catholic stuff, the idea that you would only that you're not uh, uh, cursed to turn at the full moon, but whenever you feel sexy, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's that's kind of a potent thing right there. So speaking of uh, monsters, real quick, and then we'll take. We'll, we'll we'll send you all off onto the Geek Week Review. Um, uh, there's an excellent podcast called Sawbones mm-hmm. that is uh, Justin McElroy and his oh, wife no, what Sydney they McElroy do? Uh, talking about medical stuff and medical history and people's perception of disease and everything yeah. like that. They did an episode a couple of weeks ago called Ah Real Monsters that is actually, without Justin, it is um, Sydney and Sydney's little sister um, talking really? about uh, diseases that people catch have up. mistaken for werewolfism. And oh, kind of like that Judge like of the Dog Face voice it's stuff. It's a like... really good episode. And I can't... What's what's Sydney's little sister's name now? It's just an R. Riley. Riley, yeah. Sydney and Riley are a hoot and a half. It's really good. Which that's... So. Yeah, I wasn't quite sure if that was Riley selling posters at the MBM thing that we... I know yeah. Riley went with them on the yeah, adventure. That's what I was kind of wondering. Because your poster that I bought, I think, was sold to you by Riley. Oh, um, Riley. And I had another important thought to say, but I can't think of what it was right now, but yeah. And with that, friends, this is our meandering, terrible podcast. Stop listening to it. Go listen to Sawbones. We'll be back in a second, and we'll do the Geek Week in Review. <laughs> Uh, it's time for the Geek Week in Review. Of course, we all know the real monster. You know who the real monster is. My sin? Well, that too. <laughs> Toucan Dan. <laughs> this, welcome to our all McElroy appreciation uh, That's podcast. what all pop culture slowly turning into oh anyway. Oh my god, yeah. I love the McElroys. Yeah, the, the, the McElroys did a monster factory this week. That they're, they're playing Budborn and they made a character named Toucan Dan the Toucan Man. Okay, we talked to y'all about a lot of pop cultures that you should consume. Genuinely, if you like video games at all, please, please, please go watch Monster Factory. Just type in Monster so Factory, yeah. Good. It is. I'm consistently impressed with how managed how they managed to break all this character creation. Yeah. Tools well, sometimes they do literally have to break it. Like for I example, tried, The Sims. They I tried had to, break to make it. a horrible looking character in Bloodborne, and I didn't get anywhere near as <laughs> fucked up as they did. It's Holy, kind of especially because you can only like change the body from like the neck up, so you're yeah. forced to always gonna have a skinny yeah. kind of person. But yeah. like, then what? <laughs> 
<laughs> press of bounce. Oh, anyway, God. friends, this is the Geek Green Review. This is where Bill has written down news in the week that was, and I'm reading it often for the first time, so <laughs> here we go. Ermagerd, Bill notes. Star Wars Purster. Also, tickets go on sale tomorrow. Yeah, right before we started recording the podcast, the new Star Wars poster got put online. Did you see it yet? Uh, no. Google that shit, because it's amazing. You'll see things you've never seen a Star Wars poster, like <laughs> a bunch of floating heads, <laughs> and lightsabers, and giant, like, orbital battle stations, and the Millennium Falcon. Aww. Spoilers. There's people in this movie. I'm surprised to see orange and blue on a movie I poster. know. Oh, my God. What's going to happen in this movie? You think there's going to be a fight of some kind in space? So, yeah. Who, who did the art for it? They... Uh, it's not just... It That's looks just like a someone... Photoshop gig. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. The, the one thing I noticed... Look at what's going on. So they got Princess Leia. She in it, but look at her hair. I don't know if you can zoom in. Yeah, I'm I'm having trouble with my my searching here. Here, oh, you know what? I'll bring up on my iPad. You know what? You think about something. I'll bring it up on my iPad. You no, know, it's fine. I've got it. I got it. You got it. Because you got to find the high res version so you can save all the tiny details. <laughs> you got to pour over. She, it. she got fucked up hair again. Let's type in reddit.com because that is the It best. will be the number one thing. It, how it's not going to be the number one thing, yeah. You know, actually, uh, just Googling, I was trying to find the Force Awakens poster, and I found a shit ton of fan posters. Oh, yeah, that's the thing. Here you go. Here's Here, Star Wars poster. Enhance. Oh, man, what is going on in her hair? She got, like, Dracula hair. She just got some Dracula hair. And she's got, like, on. some kind of weird shit. I don't know. Hopefully people are looking at the poster while we're talking about Interesting that we don't have Luke on this poster. Yeah. We got Han, Chewie, and Leia. I think Luke's hiding in one of the robots. uh, He's he's disguised as a stormtrooper. I I, I know most of the spoilers for the movie, so I I, I could mention why he may not be on the poster, but that might be too much. Yeah, don't. Please don't. I I know it is impossible, but I want to go into this movie. They did not forget him. Let's put that. He's in the movie, though. It's not like he doesn't show up in the movie. What is this mysterious moon base behind them? I know. It's a hamburger planet. Mm-hmm. Moon base. It's a yeah. I like Man, the that word. hilted lightsaber is the dumbest thing. So. I mean, the lightsabers are the dumbest thing. This is true, but having bits of it. Well, I guess if you look at weapon design, if you're if you're skilled enough, you won't hurt yourself. And uh, weapon des- it wep- it is a weapon that is designed to intimidate your opponent. How as many well female as characters two. we got on this poster? Just... One, two, three. Uh, BB-8 uh, identifies as female. Are you really? I like that. Is that is that Mark Hamill right here? Is Which that one? is that his little alien dude? Oh, I do that too. No. <laughs> Technically, that is another female character. Is it? I was about to ask if it was another. Female. That is actually played by Lupita Nyong'o. Oh, is that is that? That's She's that doing girl? a CGI character. Yeah, oh. that at least that's what. No one's like this is our first. That's one our Jar Jar. We think that's like yeah. Of, uh, of oh this. God, yeah. Oh my God, don't know. Oh. <laughs> no. Oh, oh mo, Star mo, Wars, mo. man, it is cool as hell to see a Star Wars poster. Where like the most prominent person with a face, I guess. Well, I this is say, the defining is thing. The lean character, that's a lady. Yeah. I gotta admit, that makes me feel it's kinda up that she's holding a broom though. It makes me feel kinda kinda mm. it makes me feel feelings, I have to admit. Mm. To see a lady and a person of color. And that's what people were debating, like of the th- new three lead characters, who's gonna be because a lot of people suspected that it was gonna be um uh, what's his face? Black guy. Mm-hmm. But no, it's gonna be the lady. It looks like and this is really different. I mean, she was also like center point in all the trailers so far too. Yeah. But, like, yeah. Oh, man, Star. So Wars. then you gotta wonder because these movies are all about the Skywalker family. You have to figure out like that's yeah. one thing. No one's like even all the spoilers out there. Yeah. No one really knows who any of these characters are. That's yeah. the kind of thing where they're like, so we still don't know if she's supposed to be like Han's kid, yeah. like Luke's kid. She's got to be some kind of kid. 
Um, oh man, oh movies, movies. You make me feel things. How dare I feel things about a Star Wars? I've been burned so, by this. So uh, the new trailer comes out tomorrow, and also tickets. Are you gonna worry about getting tickets? No. Opening day. You don't get spoiled, man. If I, if I, even if I get tickets and you, like for you to have one, would you take it? Okay. No, because I'm not gonna probably go to the theater you're gonna go to. Please don't say theaters because we do this all the time where you identify you say you say here are these things that are close to Annie's house and it makes me crazy every what time. Mouth it. No, no, you asshole. We're not gonna do this. What the, I'm trying to think. Uh, of hey, I will go to. Okay, we'll talk about it when we're not recording this podcast. But no, I I, I don't know. I I'm like I'll go see it opening day just because I'm gonna be traveling immediately afterwards. So I kind of have to go see it opening going? day. Going home to Texas. Going to surprise my mother. You let people know that your family's from Texas? But you won't let them know. <laughs> yes, you know. What theater do you might there's not only go so see Star Wars Texas, at? so. I forgot you brought in the Texas stuff. Yeah, I'm I think this home. means you've given up on the fact that your mom's listening to the podcast. Yeah, she better not be. Dear Lord. <laughs> uh, I'm going home to surprise my mom for her birthday. Because her birthday is actually on the 19th. How old is she going to be? A 60. She's turned a big 60. What's her middle name? <laughs> Fuck you. Social go to hell. <laughs> <laughs> Firewatch is coming out on February 9th, 2016. I am so excited to play Firewatch. They said they specifically chose that birthday, so it would be your 33rd in a week birthday. That's right. Wait, how old are you going to be? How old am I going to be? 2016. 30. Is it 33? 32? When were you born? 82? Uh, uh, social security number is. Yeah, yeah, I was about to say, yeah. No, I think I'm going to be turning 32. Yeah, I was born in 84. I think Man, I'm you still 32. can't be president yet. I Once I hit 30... You know, I really, really genuinely stopped forgetting what year my... I still love my birthday, but I can't remember how old I am anymore. I kind of did the same Holy thing. Holy easy. She was born in 80. I just... I, there's no math involved. What year is it? That's how old my wife is. She's going to be 35? Yeah, dude. <sighs> she can be president. That's you right. You can be vice president. That's right. Hot, hot fully. So yeah, Firewatch actually coming out. I'm really excited about Firewatch coming out. I'm, I think I'm more excited about Firewatch than any other game in 2016, and I include really? Uncharted. The fact 4. That you don't know anything about it other than walking around throwing radios. I to trust people? it is a. You could not pick more of an A team. I can say I can say this because oh, I hope I got none of those assholes in this podcast. But you got Jake Rodkin and Sean Vonneman are like just smartest. No, tell Jane Ang. Um, Ollie Moss. What's Jane Ango? She's the um, environment artist. She's oh, from Double Fine and like. Uh, Do you have any interest in playing the Minecraft Telltale game? Because I know you were you love. See like, the thing is, is that I like Telltale games in general, and I want them to keep existing, and I want to support them always. I didn't want to play Tales from the Borderlands because I had no interest in Borderlands, but I wound up really enjoying Tales from the Borderlands a lot. First episode now free. Please go partake. Highly recommended. So there's a part of me where I'm like, man. Also. What uh, if there's a hidden gem that you're passing up because I, you're judging on looks? I turned. I was turned off immediately because I'm like, I don't want to play a character voiced by Patton Oswalt. But it's the first Telltale no, game. you can choose. Yeah, that's, that's what, what say, I'm about yeah. to say. Yeah, you can, you can choose your gender and you can even choose your skin to some degree. And, How many um, different? Is, does it have to be Pat Oswald and one other person? It's either Pat like Oswald or I think it's is it Ashley Johnson? Because I know she's in the, the game. Lady? I can't remember who. I was the this lady. close to pulling the trigger on PlayStation Four when I looked up the trailer, and realized that everyone's like because they're in that blocky Minecraft style. Yeah. The animation like they can't emote nearly as well as they usually can yeah. in other tale. Not that the Telltale games are known. Telltale like, games the are really fidelity, subtle anyway. Yeah. But like even this is just like just, even the character design is like so terrible because they had they're locked Minecraft. in that Minecraft look yeah. and like I'm just yeah. like. 
I don't know if I can put up like playing See, a dozen hours thing. of this. It's like I, I really admire. Again, it's like one of those things where I need should vote with my dollars and get it. But I think it's gonna do fine without me. It's what a you, Minecraft. What are you game. doing Wednesday? What am I doing Wednesday? Because you know what Wednesday is. What is Wednesday? Wednesday is the day Martin McFly. <laughs> is it the actual? It day? actually is for real. Because <laughs> all I know is people joking that it's the day that Martin McFly. That's gonna be also time. be the most popular meme that day because it's the one day everyone can post it and like, okay, actually it's real. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just throwing that out there. Don't go on the. On, Don't go on the internet. The internet is gonna be fucking intolerable. <laughs> actually, for the next three days straight, because we're recording on Sunday. Monday is when Star Wars tickets go on sale, because mm-hmm. it's going to be nothing but Star Wars for Monday and Tuesday. Then Wednesday, it's gonna be nothing but Back to the Future, and then what's the point of living after that? I'm gonna go home and eat the rest of my chicken and dumplings, and going to a food coma until <laughs> Fallout Four. That's my plan. Oh my god. Uh, but no, no, Firewatch. I'm super chuffed about Firewatch, and just like the uh, and the entire like just that you play kind of a chubby divorced dude do you ever see you see your playable character you see his he sounds like a schlub i mean we know very little of the game but it you see i mean what i like is that there's a lot of body awareness in the game like you see obviously you see his hands but there are times when you fall and you see his little legs and you see his shadow and it like the first time i was watching a video it actually meant a lot to me when you see his shadow and he just looks like the schlubby chubby man (laughs) this is so good I, i mean i'm just i'm i'm hyped for Firewatch. It's good shit. It's gonna be good shit. Also, Bill notes um the Braid Guy's new game, The Witness, is coming January twenty sixth. Just like two weeks before, yeah. So well, be... less. I mean, I'll buy The Witness, but it's a puzzle game. Yeah, first person puzzle game on an island, I guess. Yeah, yeah. and uh, it's it's just interesting. I'm I like puzzle games, but kind of I like character games. That's what I play video games for. I play. Although games I mean, Braid technically was just a puzzle platform, and that whole technically had a bunch of character and stuff I did in not it because play it's very much a for this guy building nuclear weapon and his girlfriend left him and all kinds uh, of like oh yeah, i didn't so. know that no that. yeah no that's what braid like if you unravel the story yeah like it's this whole like supposedly deeply personal thing about this guy who why was, did like, he build a nuclear weapon or something just a about like yeah he got left by his girlfriend his girlfriend died so he like he's building a nuclear weapon and he's a mad scientist and he's gonna fuck up the planet or some kind of crazy that game came out like six years ago. I didn't even understand what people were seeing when that game was fresh. Now six years yeah. on, I'm just like, all I know is something about sadness, girlfriend disappearing, nuclear weapon. Okay. <laughs> Who the fuck? He's a fucking Star Wars villain. <laughs> yeah, but everyone's He's a Star story. Wars villain MRA at that oh, point. Jesus. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'll, I'll buy it because it looks pretty. And I, I like the idea that he put all his money into this game. Yeah. Dude, put his money he where his mouth is. He will double down on shit. So good on him. So, um, Hateful Eight will be three plus hours long of a 12 minute intermission and feature six extra minutes and alternate takes in the 70 millimeter version. I want him to release it. Three hours. Can he not release it like th- like three weeks early in times for Thanksgiving and he can call it the Grateful Eight? <laughs> <laughs> well done. You know what? Bill. I say we make a pact. Fuck this shit being a 70 millimeter. We'll just not go see it. We'll run it on Blu ray. We'll watch it for next Thanksgiving. Man. Can you think of a single Tarantino movie that you left and thought, wow, that was too short? <laughs> I just didn't get enough of those long shots of women's feet. <laughs> yeah, no, that's... Oh, man. I mean, uh... it's so funny. I am so Especially excited about the Hateful bunch... Eight, and then I see any footage from it, and I lose. It's a bunch of people yelling at each other inside a log cabin. It's a bunch of It's until dawn, except you can't do anything. It's a, dudes, it's a bunch of dudes yelling at each other in a cabin. I think she's mute. She has no tongue. Oh. Well. <laughs> so literally. It's a bunch sure of dudes. 
something interesting. I only hope that it's two and a half hours of them talking at her and then she kills them all. You and then Zoe Bell shows up in her stagecoach and they ride off to the sunset. That's what Supposedly, I want. like the alternate takes in the like in, in not in in the digital version, not the seven millimeter version, or oh, like because there are different shots that he didn't think would work well on a smaller screen. Sure. Okay, that makes sense. But there's fucking talking heads. This movie had better look something special for him to be this worried I about mean, the presentation about there's, it. There's, I mean, the thing about 70mm is that it's not just about, like, shit in the camera, cramming shit in the camera. It's just about, you just get more of Compositionally, it. Yeah. just even sure, like, the film grain, what you're using. Like, that's, yeah. a, that's a whole thing. You're he's li- essentially painting a picture with yeah. a moving uh, painting at that yeah. point. Yeah, and it's what? like... But yeah, it's, it's like, hard not I to love... feel like Quint Tarantino's got a little bit of far up his ass on this movie in terms of prison. <laughs> For a movie that he wasn't going to make anyway. Movies. I don't know. We'll see. I'm I mean, still excited, but I, yeah. I love Tarantino movies, and I hate them at the same time to the same degree. Well, especially, you like a sp- specific niche of his movies, well, too. I, I mean, I like his Lady Vengeance movies, don't get me wrong, but there is, I mean, I like his I like his eye, and I like the way he, um, he kind of picks the best of genre and like in riffs on the best of genre mm-hmm. and it's kind of a cool like um appetizer of like the best that the, these genres can be in a lot of ways yeah you watch like and a then tarantino western such... you've pretty much seen all the westerns you really exactly. need to see the, at least in terms of you've pretty much seen the highlights of all the westerns that he likes at least yeah, yeah and so. it's just yeah i'm really excited about it and i'm dreading it at the same time yeah. Woof, woof, woof. Anyway, mm-hmm. uh, Playboy, this cracked me up. Playboy is going nude-free this year. Interesting decision that will guarantee that Playboy can be sold anywhere now, like at cash registers and shit. Their reasoning was, um, you can go online and find titties, so why is it unique? That's not wrong, because, yeah, yeah. exactly. Sex, no one's willing to pay for sex anymore. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah, you get, sex is sex free is when you Google. Yeah. yeah, so. Sex is a Google away. If this means they can, like, put Playboy on any kind of newsstand now, they don't have to worry about, like, you know, having to have, like, be, be, be all behind the counter or anything yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. Now they can just sell, like, Women's Day. Yeah, or like seriously. Esquire, it could just yeah. be sold anywhere. Yeah. They said they're still gonna have pictures of ladies. Well, they're sure. still gonna be pictorials, but like, yeah. I wonder if they if like if it's just gonna be ladies like in underwear, or is it gonna be as nude as possible with actually like how close they're gonna go, like toe that line? Because I mean, you can do camel more... toe that line. I should say. <laughs> um, go to hell. Go right to hell. <laughs> that joke was really good, but go to hell. Just say. Um, but that's yeah. I mean, yeah, it was interesting because um, you know, they kind of got to. I read that uh, an article. Actually, I think it was like a Vice article or whatever that was talking about yeah. it. And they pointed out that p- most of Playboy's money doesn't come from the magazine. It actually comes from licensing. Really? The logo. Oh, so it's like the brand and thing. the brands. No, like okay. they just license that, and that is forty percent of their income. It's really? just them licensing. So they just want to make shit. it more like an actual like, in a way public it makes brand it more of than... a palatable proposition. Uh, they sure. said I think they uh, uh, removed nudity from the website like a year ago, and suddenly like the, like the, the the traffic to their website doubled. Yeah, because they yeah. want to be known as something that, like, it, yeah, it's more of a pop culture institution and not sure. just something that old pervy guys. There's like. always been the joke that I read Playboy for the articles, and the well, fact of the matter is that there is a lot of good journalism. A lot of in writers Playboy. have gotten their first break in Playboy. Yeah. There's been actually, and so I guess they're kind of leaning in that. But if you still want pictures of hot ladies, it'll still yeah. be in there. But it's not. Yeah, it's sure. not going to be like. Yeah, you can still yeah. jerk off to it either. Sure, if you can jerk off to the Sears catalog. <laughs> uh, but I wonder what's going to happen to Penthouse Magazine. Well, because the article I read, the article I read pointed out that like they're they basically have two options: you either double down on filth or you or go st- clean. And they, the article just mentioned in pa- passing that Penthouse doubled down. Oh yeah, the, I remember like a decade, decade and a half ago, they started having women pissing on each other. Oh Jesus! Well, Christ. and I think it first started with. 
because when I was a kid, Penthouse Magazine was always everyone's magazine of choice, because they actually showed everything. Playboy, for the longest time, would not show... You would see the ladies, like, uh, clef, but you wouldn't see anything inside. You wouldn't see, the, like, you wouldn't see the ham and the ham sandwich, let's put it that way. <laughs> Penthouse, by the way, would be like, do you want to see what's inside this woman's, like, urethra, practically? <laughs> it's like, oh, fucking huge close-ups of her fucking cave. Then they were like, Christ. no, we that's not enough. We have to have guys pissing on ladies, pissing ladies, and guys fucking guys, naked women and 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 men chasing dogs, trying to piss on the dogs. Like, just for some reason, piss. They just decided piss is gonna be our way to the future. Yeah. I don't know if they still like <laughs> they, how in a magazine that's sold on store shelves. How much worse than piss can you get? Like, <laughs> people Scat? shitting on each other. Vomit. Like, who's gonna put that on the? I mean, there are worse things you could do, obviously, but... And I don't know, piss play at least is kind of a mild, like, from my no, understanding really it's not. of it. Like, also surprisingly popular thing that most people want to I can kind of get, I mean, if you're going to pee on each other, it's pretty clean. Half the people you've met probably in their go. life has probably been pissed on. Well, it's like, I feel, I feel weird about, like, you know, making fun of fetishes or anything, because yeah. everybody, nobody can control what gets No, but, like, when Penthouse does it, but it's, it's like, so, it, it's it is such, weird, because yeah. it's just kind of like... I have been surprised at the people I've met who are like, I love being pissed on, or I love pissing on other people. I'm like, that informs my whole thing. Especially <laughs> if, you, if you meet someone, and like, especially with like a lady or something, she's like, I just love pissing on guys' faces. I'm like, that is that, that is, is that is adoring your personality. I'm kind of glad to know that. I'm just like, I'm never gonna piss you off, like literally, figuratively. But like, um, but yeah, but yeah no, it's... no, it's 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 yeah. You wonder what the other porno mags do now, oh, or how what have have they been doing? Well, it's like I, the idea of a porn mag is so weird to me because the idea of commodi- commodified fetish, when fetish in of itself is so niche to begin with, yeah. it's like n- only so many people like getting pissed on. Only so many people like. Well, especially yeah, if you're gonna double down on specific fetishes, only yeah. so many people like. You this could or probably that. bank big tits and blondes, or will do you well. But yeah, like... yeah, it's just interesting because like whenever you make any sort of product, you always have to go for the common denominator because it's more marketable. But in porn, like fetish stuff is not like I don't know. Yeah. It's just interesting. Um, interesting. man. <sighs> My friend Adam, I can't remember where he got this, but like back in high school, he got an entire uh, footlocker, GI footlocker, <laughs> filled with porn from someone. Yeah, and it was the nastiest, like fucking <laughs> girls in jail porn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Food porn, girls rubbing like spaghetti all over each other. Yeah. Like it was supposed to be erotic and like badly photographed girls, just like yeah, naked, yeah, yeah. Girls, like random girls, not, not even like models or anything. Like just like rubbing spaghetti and meatballs on each other. <laughs> was like okay i can kind of see how hot this is hot and they were like this is not even like porn it's just like random happenings the people just happen to be naked involved yeah Yeah. it's just like but yeah no playboy yeah for at least the whole time i grew up with playboy was always kind of considered less interesting because even if they 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 had nudity but they wouldn't really show like you would see tits and see the butt they wouldn't even show like like lady shots from behind you know how the the vagina hangs down I see. I'll just say it anatomically. There's a sure, hole. Yeah. Sure. You get the it's little... like a drop trap, like a mouse trap. It's like a ghost hiding uh-huh. between the butt cheeks. Yeah. Like, Hello. Uh-huh. Um, her hot dog bun. They won't even show the hot dog bun. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So this, this is actually not that. And that was like in the eighties. Yeah. So this sure. Is like that much of a leap. So yeah. that's yeah. Man, our I, the relationship, like our cultural relationship with sex, is gonna get more and more strange this time. I mean, we're I don't think a really cultural relationship with sex was healthy. Yeah. You know, because it's not healthy to vilify it and treat it in like niche terms and like lock it off in little boxes and stuff. That's unhealthy. But I I wonder, like I think about my godson, and he is going to know what other people's genitals look like. 
10 years earlier than I ever did. It's just, man, I can't imagine. I mean, yeah. How did, what, what is it like to grow up? Does Leapfrog sell like... iPads that let you go online, but the moment you go anywhere, it like starts like claxing and goes off and just like. I can only hope so. Anyway. It kind of teaches the kid if they try to look for the right things that like the like, computer will get angry at them. That's like it's a way like, of training your I kid. I think about like, you know. Well, that goes, that's the old American thing. Like guns are so popular in America, but any kind of sex thing is suddenly like taboo. Yeah. Like it's like violence I mean, is always. I would rather the skills, the, the scales tip and us be cooler with people having weird fetishes or whatever and having like women being allowed to have sexuality and not be less excited about guns but you know. yeah there was something the other day i was thinking about something about kids and guns and sex and like the whole thing where yeah. like i forget what it was but, it was yeah. interesting i just read a romance novel a friend of mine was like hey annie this book is free you should read it and i read the description and i laughed because i was i was just complaining about how so many romance novels are about the same young wasps who marry billionaires yeah or who fuck billionaires i should say are, are fucked by billionaires, I should say, to be incredibly <laughs> accurate. Uh, this one was about a 36-year-old divorced Orthodox Jew. Uh, yeah. And who, who the rabbi, uh, the rabbi's wife gets her hooked up with the butcher, the town butcher. Yeah. And they, she, her thing is that she's really into BDSM and she hopes that her husband will be, and her husband is, it all works out. And, but then the whole conflict of the book is actually that they're really compatible in this one way and they have to figure out how to be compatible in the other way. So well, that's interesting. It was, yeah. I, I don't think reversal it, it, of... it didn't like lean into it as much as I'd like, but it was, it was interesting. Well, but, uh, um, uh, yeah, but like, I was going somewhere with that. Fuck. What? How do you, what's the difference between fucking and getting fucked? Do you have to be stationary for one or the other? Fucking is when you're both involved. Getting fucked is when you're not necessarily involved. <laughs> you're just mentally checked you out. Can you're build, thinking about Dragon build, Age. You can fuck a pumpkin. You cannot fuck with a pumpkin. Like you cannot. You I cannot can't. I can't get. Buff, I can't get fucked by the pumpkin. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Your, well! sex, your sex pumpkin is. If you're standing still and you have someone throw the pumpkin at a hole <laughs> in go. your body, technically. There we go. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> anyway, Let's... Friday the 13th game <laughs> Kickstarter. And tell me about it. I know you love this. This started out last year as an indie game, Slasher Volume 1 Summer Camp. It became a licensed project when Friday the 13th creator approached the developer and suggested turning it into a real Jason game. Also, Tom Savini and Kane Hodder are on board. I know you love that Kane Hodder. <laughs> Who are these people? <laughs> Kane Hodder's the guy who mixed all the blood for those movies. Okay, so they uh-huh. want to make sure all the blood looks correctly. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, no, I just made a note of this. Not that you're really interested in Friday the 13th, but just the idea of a Kickstarter for a game that was aping something got yeah. approached by the person who made that thing that it's trying to ape and said, hey, yeah. why don't you just make it a version of the thing that you're trying to ape to begin with? Which, does that person own the license? Because I imagine it's actually That's Universal the weird thing, or whatever. Because, or... I, because it's Friday the 13th, and I think like just like most old 80s franchises, I think the rights kind of like got, got let loose within yeah. the last decade so maybe yeah. he was able to buy the rights back because yeah just because you created something especially exactly. if it's a Hollywood franchise yeah. doesn't necessarily mean you have the right to kind of come and go hey if you want to make it licensed all you have, all you need is this email is a binding yeah. contract that's for damn sure <laughs> and the other interesting thing too is at the same time last year someone else like within the same month had a Kickstarter for another uh, Friday the 13th wannabe game with almost the same gameplay. Wasn't it like Freddy versus something? Or something. Though, like, I, I forget know. what it was, but it was like something Freddy versus Jason sort of thing? Sleepaway Camp, Serial yeah, yeah. Murder, but again, it generically, it's supposed to be Jason, but not Jason at the yeah. same time. And for it's some Mason. reason... <laughs> exactly, yeah. But for some reason, the Friday the 13th guy approached these guys rather than the other guy. Huh. 
And uh, I guess there's been some really snippy emails now between, like, the guy who was making the other game who yeah. didn't get picked up by the Friday the 13th people yeah. and the, the the Friday the 13th people now where, like, the other sure. guy's been like, eh, well, fuck your Friday the 13th game. My game's going to be so much better. But, like, I guess this guy has not produced any, like, updates about, like, his game even yeah. though his, like, Kickstarter got cleared, like, a year ago. Sure. Uh, okay, there's all... It's internet drama, but, yeah. like... Yeah, it's interesting, like, and, 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 like, the first the Friday the 13th guy, Sean S. Cunningham, he's the guy who... He's the genius who created... Sure, right, right. He was... No one else could have thought, <laughs> like, there was a maniac in the woods. <laughs> he copyrighted that whole idea. <laughs> I don't... Like, like, all you really... I like that, like, this guy even has to be involved. All you need is Jason. All you have to have is legal clearance to have the guy in the hockey mask, and, like, you don't yep. even need... It's not like there's anything else interesting about Friday yep. the 13th. But, yeah, he got Tom Savini involved, who the guy who did all the makeup for the Friday the 13th oh, movies. Okay. Which, again, what does Tom Savini do? Because it's a... Is he going to design makeup, like, digital makeup for yeah. this game or something like that? It's... On a similar note, I saw some dude who was working... I think he was an architect who worked with um uh John Blow on Braid. Yeah. And uh, he was talking about, oh, you know, you know, they should hire architects in gaming more often. What are they like, gonna tell? Well one of the things he said, what can we do? Well we'll do drawovers of your your environmental design to show you how to improve it and make it like a more real space. But I showed he showed a screenshot from Ether One and I'm and he's like, Yeah, and we'll just draw over this and tell you what to do. And I'm looking at this going, that is a that's they did the work. They're done. What you're gonna go in and tell them, Oh, but you should actually add a kick toe kick here and do this and that. Because like, in real finished. life this is what it looks like. Unless you're trying to make something that is intentionally well, supposed to be architecturally sound in the game for some reason. I'm not saying that an architect with a who has been spent like fifty years studying space or whatever in that school or whatever. I'm not saying that they can't have insights into no, making can, space. But like, what I'm saying is you don't go to someone when they're done and say, do this. Especially make if it's these an indie game. Exactly. Where time and money, you're just like, okay, this is not, no one in the world except for you is going to notice yeah. there's anything wrong with this. Uh, so I'm just thinking of this this makeup guy doing paint overs of the finished models. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, okay, okay, great. Especially if this guy who only knows how to deal with his hands. It's not thanks. like he's like a digital artist or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So you wonder how that's going to work. Different graph, yeah. uh, they did get Kane Hodder is the guy who played Friday the 13th and most of those movies. Uh, and wait, they're going to have him and them. Jason? Oh, wait, what did I say? You said Friday the 13th. Friday the 13th. I mean, wait, it's... he played Friday the 13th? <laughs> That's what you said. That's why I was confused. He played so, Jason. So, does Jason talk? I've never seen a Friday the 13th. Oh, he raps. I never Because <laughs> it was, like, right after rap started becoming big. <laughs> My name is Jason. I'm here to say I'm going to talk you up in a painful way. Oh, boy. Ah, uh, no, no. I don't think Jason ever talks. Not even. I don't think there was even one movie where they finally decided to do the does thing. Does he like, grunt or Jason something? Speak. No. Or... He never makes a sound. Why get this Which is supposed to be why he's... Well, because this is actually a big thing in Friday the 13th fandom. Okay. Because, like, after, like, the first... There was literally, like, 12 Friday the 13th movies. Right. I think they had after to get to 13. First, yeah, I know, exactly. <laughs> I think... Oh, Jason X was the last one. Jason oh, 10. Oh, yeah, yeah, That's yeah. That's the one yeah. they sent him into space. <laughs> you ever hear about this one? No. The government decides that Jason's too much of a problem to keep him on Earth. What do you think of the Jason... <laughs> the government's been keeping that much of a track on Jason. They just fucking kill him or something like that. They shoot him into space. Uh-huh. And he ends up on a space station. Uh-huh. And he gets turned into, like, futuristic super... Jason. He's still okay, got a hockey sure. mask, but he gets turned into, like, sure. futuristic cyber, Jason. And cyber, he just ends up hacking up a bunch of people. And I'm like... <laughs> 
<laughs> and, and what the one funny part of that movie is there's a part where they have a holodeck, mm-hmm. and for some reason the people on the spaceship decide that like they like to hang out in a, a cabin in the woods. Yeah, so <laughs> the part of the movie turns into like yeah, except yeah. now it's futuristic robot Jason. Sure, sure. Like in like an eighties campaway place, hacking <laughs> people up. Cute. But uh, yeah, so like uh, after like dumb. the first eight Jason movies, they yeah. got rid of Kane Hodder, the guy who's been playing Jason for most of the movies, and they replaced uh-huh. him with someone else. And everyone swears you could totally tell his body language is different. Sure, that looks like Jason. I That's will... not Jason. <laughs> you're making so... fun, but there you can see when you're very familiar no, with someone's you... body language. There are times that I can I'm tell... not saying they're wrong, but like their attitude towards has always sure. been so like. Oh no! If you, if you didn't that, notice the nine. difference between these G- these Jasons, you're not real. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's that kind of attitude. Sure. Yeah. So it was a big deal when they announced, okay, we're getting the quote unquote real Jason. Is it three D? Are they gonna get him in mocap? I know that's what I'm saying. Yeah, it turns out this is gonna be like an eight bit fucking indie yeah, game. Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah, they're gonna be in in end game studio. No, so it's supposed to be like a uh, uh, multiplayer asynchronous thing where like one player gets to play as Jason and everyone else like you know, play like set up the seven or eight camp counselors and mm-hmm. there's no bots in the game. It's like you ha- you like you're you're being attacked by Jason or you have to fight back and everyone else is weaker but like as combined as a unit they're stronger than Jason so you have to. Work I feel together. like this has been something that ev- like that gaming seems to feel like is the next big like thing. Like that Evolve game that came out. It's yeah, that kind of like thing. Like the next where... Fable game is like that, or is that game come out already? Some... No. Bioware just canceled a game a year or two ago that yeah, was that like that. Yeah, kind of weird. Like, it's like where it's like you are player. one versus five. Yeah, or monster versus, versus the mob. Or... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Why don't they just have a Frankenstein game where Frank and I just chase the mob away, <laughs> or you can just turn around and like you have enough pitchforks and torches. Exactly. My torch went out. My torch went out. Yeah, like that could be that could be an Apple. That could be like an iOS game. At that yeah, point, it doesn't exactly. have to be that complicated, but yeah. Um, so oh, good yeah. on them. Uh, there's a Wall Street Journal piece on how video game orchestra performances are saving those orchestras. Uh, I didn't even link it just because it's it is just like oh now people are going to the orchestra now sure. because they're playing fucking Pokemon music. Yeah, and of course. Uh, that Wall Street Journal piece had the snottiest fucking quotes from people. Of course it did. There was a quote from a guy talking about how, like, he thinks his... It's a guy who claims that he goes to the symphony orchestra once a week, wherever sure. the fuck he is. Sure. Uh, and that, like, knowing that these sim players are forced to play Pokemon music <laughs> is like finding out that your winemaker is <laughs> oh, making... Oh, that's already a great metaphor right there. Don Chavion, instead of like he compares one wine brand to another, where I'm like I've never heard of these two things, but he's like this is this is his metaphor sure. for what like yeah his 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 orchestra being forced to play Pokemon for one weekend sure. is doing. Oh, so boy. it's the it's delicious how angry these people are getting about this. It's but. it's tricky, you know, when you art has to evolve to move, and like the whole point of an orchestra is to hear live, beautiful, talented musicians play live music. Who gives a fuck what they're playing? Yeah, I mean, awesome, really, yeah. at the end of the day, like, and also I do like the fantasy, and it is a one hundred percent a fantasy, of some gamer going to the orchestra, falling in love, and then going to see Tchaikovsky next week or yeah. something, and like, and it's such a fantasy. But here's the thing: I love, I chose Tchaikovsky because Tchaikovsky is my favorite musician in all. Tchaikovsky? Of- Really? Of time, yeah. I could yeah. listen to. Um, uh... Didn't he write the Tetris music? He did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Um, there you go. <laughs> yeah. That's actually that's that's the olive branch I always give out to the orchestra members. <laughs> like, okay, you know what? This is something you've heard before, but these these video game people are gonna freak out about it too. It's totally cool. 
Um, um the uh, uh well, that's one. Uh, that's who, actually one thing I've noticed too. Is there's a lot of people playing in these orchestras who grew up on these games. Exactly. Also, like, yeah. Yeah. It's like the same people who get to work. Like like whenever John Williams blows through town, it's the same people who got into the orchestra because they love movie soundtracks. Yeah. So it's not like it's yeah. it's more snotty fans than even a lot of the orchestra. I know. I'm sure a lot of orchestra members themselves grunt at this, but like there's gonna be some that are like, oh yeah, I get to play fucking Zelda. Like I'm sure they great. grunt about, oh I have to play this fucking well, exactly. Yeah. So yeah. Anyway, they probably so. yeah they get upset when they have to play Tchaikovsky rather than fucking yeah. other Larry. musicians Some that we other don't know shit, because yeah. we're not we're ill-equipped uh, for this shit I, I i admire any any art any any like theater or ballet or like any sort of dance group or any sorts of these things where they try to reach out to a new audience because goddamn, there are you know it's expensive i do have to stuff. admit i bought tickets expensive to go see to there's back to the future content next may but yeah. then i also did buy tickets for the christmas concert this fall yeah so that worked a little way yeah oh, yeah christmas is also another in christmas isn't not like playing video game I music know, yeah. i'll say that yeah. um john williams got a pacemaker also bill notes he's looking pretty gaunt these days mm-hmm. how old is john williams? the weird thing is he just bought a pacemaker just for he didn't use it he's just like yeah. he started a pacemaker just sits collection. on the sofa next to him oh uh, yeah no actually it was um spielberg's got a new movie coming out this week called Bridge of Spies which mm-hmm. is the first movie of his that hasn't been scored uh, by John Williams since like 1985 when the color oh, purple really? came out yeah and oh. out of like like 28 movies this is like because it was the color purple was the first one this is like the only the 26 or the, the only the second out of like 28 that hmm. like uh, Williams hasn't um scored and so as part of like the the What's it called? The junket, press junket. Sure. He, everyone kept on asking, why Why wasn't John Williams in this movie? Well, John yeah. Williams is your creative partner. And so Spielberg finally came out and said, okay, the guy had a pacemaker. Leave him alone. John Williams. Yeah. yeah he's fucking 86. He literally is like yeah. 86 years old. Yeah. And so, which explained because uh, the same around the same time that he was writing, the, that he should have been writing the music for this new Spielberg movie, he was writing the music for the new Star Wars movie. Yeah. And it's interesting too because uh, they actually came out and said that rather than just sitting down and writing and recording all the Star Wars music over the course of just, like, two or three months, which is the way, he, like, uh, Williams always usually works. He's been writing all throughout the year, and it turns out because, like, because he had a pacemaker operation, yeah. they were trying to make it as light of a schedule for him as possible. He'll work on it, but, like, at his, at his own speed. Sure. And so, that's, yeah, but hmm. that was fine, but then, uh, I guess they're still recording the Force Awakens soundtrack even this week. Hmm. Uh, somebody on Twitter posted a photo of John Williams hanging out with his brothers, yeah. like after a recording session, which I didn't realize he's so, I mean, he got brothers, which is yeah. great. John Williams is all, all of his two, two brothers, like even younger than him. They yeah. look like they're 70 as opposed yeah, to 86, yeah, yeah. but they were kind of holding him up a little bit yeah. and he's like really kind of gotten, I guess John Williams was conducting, but maybe he was sitting down or something like sure. that. But like, yeah, he looks, he looks, I don't still know. dude, 86 is, it's entirely know. possible this could be his last. Yeah score not just not because he'll drop dead soon or anything like just, just because to fucking take a break like god pacemaker bill i gotta go home oh we've had this conversation i think who yeah. who, who you would have score a star war if not generally well spielberg picked thomas newman to replace yeah. him on which actually that i would choose him too yeah. well thomas newman we, we both also just really was love somebody was like dogging on little women or something like that oh, go to hell score. go to hell go right to hell i'm like oh, anybody no. go to hell i <laughs> the i film under any <laughs> on little women score you're gonna get you're gonna get an earful before the podcast too he actually orchestrated bits of the the return of the jedi oh squad. yeah i so forgot about actually, that yeah. and he's part of the family he is his his grand was a grandfather or father was alfred newman namesake of alfred e newman right, from right. mad magazine also the same guy who wrote the 
at the beginning of the Fox fanfare. The yeah, he wrote this. So he's got yeah. like a history with like yeah. Fox and Star Wars and stuff. And also, he's Thomas Newman. Did-a-do. I guess he's also doing the soundtrack for the new Bond too. Which I forgot there's a new Bond. Well, he out. did the last couple of Bonds. See, I didn't realize that because well, Bond music. They were really unremarkable. You don't think of Bond music as like oh yeah, yeah. Bond music unless yeah. it's like kind of like old brassy '60s shit. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, that would be great. If, I want to take Bond and put in a little in the music. <laughs> At least, like, maybe the end credits of uh, L- Lemony Snicket. Uh, yeah, did you see that lady from Lemony Snicket? She likes to get naked. Because I, I used to think she was hot, even though she's, like, 13. I she's used to be... Been, she's been in a couple of movies where she's been... No, don't do that. Meanwhile, no one's asking the boy from that movie to get naked. He's like... Much less the baby. Well, yeah, I know the baby. Well, the baby's, like, 22 now. Baby's just like, whatever. I'm the baby. You think the kid... Oh, you think that kid walks around and says, oh, it's the baby of Lemony Snicket. I'm in college Aren't they making now. A, they're making a Lemony Snicket They were threatening, series. yeah. Which one do you get to play? Man, I don't give a shit about Lemony Snicket. I, I loved like... those books. Those books. The point of those books. What I really loved about those books is that those books are great teaching tools for children in that you can't always trust adults mm-hmm. things are not always explained to you life is unfair that's mm-hmm. the point of those books to the very core mystery of the book is never solved ever and the whole point is at the end of it the the, the baudelaire oh, okay. yeah. baudelaire's decide that who cares about the mystery the they important thing away. is that they're they have each other and blah 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 I just, like, which is crazy. fine but infuriating <laughs> So the main female lead, the main female, female mm-hmm. in the new Bond movie is what's her face from *Inglorious Bastards*. Oh yeah, it is. Yeah. The the blonde French daughter at the beginning. Fucking villain is the dude it's from *Inglorious Bastards*. Yeah. So I'm just saying, he rip it off the Hey Bill, do you know it's official? King Kong Skull Island for 2017, Godzilla 2 for 2018, and Godzilla versus Kong for 2020. Yeah, so they're officially like trying to turn Godzilla and King Kong into like shared cinematic universe bullshit. So, mm-hmm. which is presumptuous because like who cares about King Kong? Did Godzilla? Can people kind of like? Did a new Godzilla movie come out? Yeah, like like was it last year? Yeah. Oh yeah, it was the dude who did the monsters movie did in Jurassic Park, right? Jurassic World, right? Wasn't it Gareth Edwards? No, you think that actually in retrospect? No, they got the guy directed Godzilla to do a Star Wars. He's doing the Rogue One movie that's coming out uh. here last year. But it's it's so everyone's making so many. It's just, but uh, yeah, yeah. So who's your dream cast for your beloved characters of King Kong? Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I can't even make a joke. Who I know, exactly. That's what I'm saying. At least Godzilla had a bunch of campy movies where he stomped around Again, shit. Again, the so Beauty and the Beast pulp. thing that's not interesting to me. It's, like, not a yeah. interesting. Man, Kong's based on some racist motherfucking shit. Yeah, Granted, Godzilla's based off American nuking Japan and parents' yeah. fears, like, that rose yeah. out of that. But at least that's an interesting sociological thing. Yeah. Fucking. Going back yeah. to Glorious Bastards. Fuck King Kong. Yeah. 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 Not to say we can't make a King Kong movie just because sure. it's based off of racial oh, fears. Oh, sure. By, by that Things version, can we, should, we, and we also... should never enjoy an Indiana Jones movie because, well, those yeah. movies are racist shit. They're <laughs> yeah, based yeah, yeah. off of old racist serials, yeah, too. Yeah, but, yeah. like, yeah. Yeah, what do you do with King Kong? Yeah, what do you do? Like, King Kong's like, unless you're I mean, really I like, what I like about monster movies are, like, the idea of people losing, you know, like, people becoming monsters. It's less about a giant monster. Monster just being a monster. Yeah, or, yeah, like, just a giant creature. With enough human stuff. But and even like, then, it's, like, it's like eight stories tall. It's, like, what do you, like, how do you tell a Peter story Peter Jackson about... gave him his best swing, and he fucked that oh, up. Oh, man, it was such a bad movie. That's, I always want to go back and just watch the actual parts with King Kong to see if it yeah. holds up, because all yeah. the personalities, all the people it's stuff. Bad. Why do we and spend that an hour like four in a boat? Hours. Why do we spend an and, hour in a boat? Man. Do a boat ectomy on the movie. It's probably better. How many times are you going to go see Crimson Peak this weekend 
I hear it's terrible. I've only heard two reactions to Crimson Speak. Yeah. There's uh, Peak? Kate Beaton and uh, Becky Cloonan. Kate love Beacon. Kate Bacon. Loved Crimson Peak. But those are people. Yeah, Del Toro follows her on Twitter, so she's not. What is she going to come no, up with? No, she only found out afterwards that he followed her. Oh, really? Her. Yeah. But they're both people who love gothic horror slash romance. I've heard nothing but, like, this movie is very pretty and very empty. Yeah, and everyone else. Who's that still Toro? And everyone I know who has no real relationship with gothic romance or gothic horror or just, like, it is a snooze-a-tron. It's like steampunk where it's, like, either you buy into the aesthetic or you don't. And that kind of, like, hinges yeah, on whether or not you can enjoy this thing. Which I can totally understand. And gothic romance. I like gothic romance and gothic horror okay. But it's again, it's something that's so tropey and so can be so hammy. I'm, Having said that, I've really, I've really been uh, watching American World from London and the Moors and all that made me want to reread Wuthering Heights. So there's that. Well, they even mentioned that. They do yeah. mention Wuthering Heights a little bit, yeah. But anyway, yeah, I'm no interesting person. Being, I don't like. I, you Did know, you like Pan's Labyrinth? Because I, I went up on a t- tirade on this week on Twitter, and everyone's like, "You don't like Guillermo del Toro?" And I was like, "I don't hate his work. I just think." It's always very pretty, but not very... Even Pacific Rim. I, I had a great time with Pacific Rim. You know, Rim. That, I can't... Like, that I have a fondness for Guillermo del Toro. I don't actually like any of his movies. Yeah. Even the Hellboy movies I mean, just, I mean, pretty. He, I love his practical effects and his yeah. devotion to practical effects. He's like a storyteller. I'm just not interested. I mean, I watch his movies and I forget about them the minute I leave the theater. Exactly. Pretty yeah. much. He's like Tim Burton, but just like a little meatier. I have a fondness for him because before I saw any of his movies, I went to a terrible comic book convention and saw him, and he just dropped the F-bomb every three seconds, which I was so... You care Charming. Edward. I Edward is my favorite Tim Burton movie. I got Blu-ray. I just it's one of those it movies that I really enjoyed, but I don't really feel the need to ever watch ever again. No! Watch it with a commentary. commentary. I'm not a commentary watcher. Really? It's funny because it was written by the guys who uh, wrote Problem Child. I don't know what Problem Child is. Was it Problem Child? What's the movie from the mid-90s with Little Red Hair Kid who fucks shit up? <laughs> no, problem child you never wait how are you wait when did those movies come out i have no idea what problem how are you having that's a like, stroke have you seen the have you seen the beethoven movies yes i see that's the like the same movies. vintage problem child okay <laughs> Ni- I mean, 1990 i saw beethoven because i like dogs what the f- it stars john ritter i have never seen what? any of this before you're you're a weird, weird. I have never so seen that. That's any like a perfect 80s kids movie. Oh, nope. 90s kids movie. Anyway. No. Nope. What? I've we should never... get the podcast movie. <laughs> this podcast will never end. Oh, child. Never ending. Boy, oh, that's like saying I never had a Capri Sun or even heard of Lunchables. Well, you hadn't experienced those things. Because I'm fucking ancient. I Man. live on Crimson Peak. We don't have those there. I think it's been like, has it been 10 years since my first trip to Portland? Yeah. Damn. No, yeah, that was 90. Well, it would have been, actually, it would have been this year, because yeah, I, I think thinking you, about that. I think it was I came, out, I came out in 90, I came out in 04. You yeah. came out a year later. So I think it's, I'm coming up with my 10 year. This is 10, 10 you, probably, you probably just blew past it, actually. Ooh, crazy. Yeah, 10 years ago, you were living on our couch. <laughs> oh. That was time. Oh. Uh, hey, everybody, did you know that something is orbiting a distant star, and scientists are starting to wonder whether it's not a natural occurrence? It's my fat butt. <laughs> a bunch of amateur scientists are convinced <laughs> it's just a cloud of comets. What do you think? Uh, I saw After people all your talking research? about this, but I did not look into it. I'm thinking that it's the gusty galaxy from Mario uh, Galaxy. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to make a joke about Mario mm-hmm. Galaxy for some reason. Did you? Th- I'm trying to make. Oh, I was joke, freaking so. out about. It. Did you? Did, yeah. Did you hear much about this yourself? I saw people talking about it on Twitter, but I was yeah, kind of just head scientists have figured out. It's 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 interesting because um, some like spectral. St- 
telescope guy was just looking at the math and he realized that uh, the uh, light being beamed from a distant star was having regular dips hmm. in a way that couldn't be explained by like the natural phenomena we know that's orbiting that star causing by passing in front of the star. And mm-hmm. so they're like kind of wondering now if uh, if it can't be a planet. And so they're wondering if it's like maybe a cloud of comets or sure. it could be like some kind of giant alien megastructure. And a lot of people suspect that if we have ever figured out there was life out there. Yeah. If it wasn't like a, from like a signal we of us intercepting, it would be something as basic as like, oh well, there's an alien thing. Something's with someone's built essentially like a citadel. Yeah, essentially. So this technically could Ooh. be it. A bunch of amateur scientists came out in like two months ago, and they've claimed that they think it's just a bunch of cloud, uh, a cloud of comets, mm-hmm. not just a big comets cloud, but like a whole bunch of cl- comets that have somehow got stuck in the star's orbit, not mm-hmm. big enough to register on our. Uh, telemetry or whatever, but just sure. big enough to cause this dip. They said whatever it is, it's weird. Yeah, it's just a matter is this somehow artificial? Which there's nothing really you know. I love the idea of us if we actually do figure out there's life out there. It really is just someone looking at a spreadsheet and realizing math isn't doesn't yeah, count. Yeah. There's something kind of nice and nerdy about some guy with a like can of coke and a cigarette or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Tired, like looking at the math. Going, at like, spreadsheet could easily miss it. Yeah, and kind of like yeah, he's like yeah, going huh? It's actually doing what you yeah. do at work. Kind of going this doesn't make. Doesn't... And then kind of going, hey Larry, <laughs> check this. Doesn't... What is it? Can you can you check the math? So yeah, who knows? Who knows if we'll ever find out what it is for sure? Yeah, I mean, uh, it's so not I guess by. I guess we're gonna turn turn into a bunch of uh, telescopes to focus on it more to figure out what it is. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. of course, everyone's romanticizing and hoping, of course, it's like, yeah, and then hopefully it's some good aliens, really hunky aliens, <laughs> really fuckable aliens, space quarians. <laughs> who's the hottest? Who's the hottest alien species? <laughs> I'm not attracted to any alien species in any. You're not? Not even a sorry? No. Really? They're just blue women with tentacle so, heads. Yeah, that's the point. No, that's the not why the alien is like. It's the women with wet hair that got really cold and turned blue in the shower. Nope. Not even Turians. Nope. No. Really? Turians aren't sexy you as just a think species. Garrus, Garrus, Garrus is, sexy. is a compelling character. It is, is not, not the- sexy? That's a charged question. I, I know. Your face. You're, you're like, and you, I know that I'll get in trouble. <laughs> you just, if you, if you say yes, you don't want to say that on a recording. I like Garrus's character. Mm-hmm. I like Garrus's voice, but I mean, I'm trying to think. Bill, think about the kind of people that I like. Well, no, do I like slender drinks stuff? of water? That's what I'm saying. No. Turns are kind of. You've big. seen my wife. I like people who are built like linebackers. Well, maybe you got the Krogans. No, I don't want to fuck a Krogan. <laughs> No Thank one wants you. to fuck a Krogan. Next. Not, not that I mean to equate uh, fully with Krogans either, but I'm just saying there's I don't mass think no effect. One. I've seen tumblers that disagree strongly As about someone no who is shaped like one of the mole people from Mass Effect. <laughs> <laughs> hey, um, did you know that Fantastic Four may be part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe and getting uh, a movie in 2020? I think this got debunked because there was... Well, it was only a rumor anyway. There was no confirmation of this, but there was a rumor that like... Who owns Fantastic Four now? Isn't it Fox? Is it Fox? And, like, Disney were making in some kind of trade that, like, they... Essentially kind of what Sony did with Spider-Man, where sure. they would let them yeah. use Fantastic Four characters in the Marvel Cinematic Universe in exchange for, like, Disney letting Fox make, like, a Fantastic Four TV show or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, not that this was officially debunked. It was just, like, there's just no confirmation. And a lot of people sure. think it may be bullshit, but it's just kind of like... Man. It's not totally possible, because once... I mean, that movie, that latest Fantastic Four movie bombed hard enough. Yeah. 
that I they could see so what they did with Spider-Man. Mad that Jamie Bell was the thing in an awful Fantastic Four movie. He is such Who's good casting for the thing. He was, I think, Billy Elliot back in the day. How is he good casting? He is. Uh, I most recently saw him. He's in that show Turncoat or whatever it's called, like the Revolutionary War. Drama oh yeah, thing. he traitor or whatever it's called. But I most recently he came. I saw him in a couple of things, but the movie that really made him come to my attention was The Eagle, which is a bad movie with Channing Tatum. Oh yeah, you told me about that. And uh, he, I mean, there is he. He's not a big man, but there is a yeah, say, physicality to his performance, um, and he, he there there is a thug within that is huge. It's like he's not he's not the biggest dog, but damn, though he looks you down and you he is the biggest dog. Oh, the, the thing block, is not, he's supposed to be big, but he's not supposed to be like super tall or anything. Like that. he's supposed to be like well, a stocky guy, like yeah. like human sized. He goes he's wider than he is tall really, but and, like yeah, it's like he's such a good cuz he that he is such a he has such a physicality to him. Mm-hmm. That he's be so good as the thing. It makes me. I will never see that movie, <laughs> no matter how much <laughs> fully I love Jamie Bell. Uh, how about a horror movie called Thing Thong? It's about Thong's thing. Thing's thong. <laughs> I mean, okay, a thong. Whenever I see a thong, I think of getting a wedgie. But what if you're like made of rocks? Like all you are is wedges. Would you not grind up that thong? <laughs> I think so. Thong like, would be the like, least of your issues then. Yeah, exactly. Assuming you can find someone to make a thong big enough to. Oh, oh man, that's the other thing. Portland Gaming Retro Expo. Mm-hmm. I felt sexy yesterday. <laughs> all you need to go is to a large video game retro <laughs> yard sale, essentially, to go, mm-hmm. I'm actually in kind of better shape than that guy. <laughs> My belly's tucked in. It's not, yeah, there's so many guys hanging around, like, bigger than I am. Their yeah. butts hanging out, shirts, yeah. like, right above their belly button. Yeah. Not a ton of them, but enough that I was like, you know, you're public, man. You know, you're right. Yeah. Like, not that I'm a fucking expert on this sure. shit, but I'm like, I felt like fucking Daniel Craig, like, <laughs> in the corner smoking. <laughs> well, you know, the other funny part is, I, I wanted to sit down a while and just, uh, 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 just kind of relax for a minute between, uh-huh. like, running around. And so there were a bunch of tables outside of the expo mm-hmm. where it was almost filled almost entirely with women. It was essentially con widows. It was wives and girlfriends who wanted to come with their husbands and, and sons and stuff. But they had, they didn't want to go onto the show floor, so I was hanging out with like this cool old Indian lady who her son was here just to, um, she was really impressed because he wanted to go to the panel, uh, he wanted to go to the con and not for necessarily buying stuff, but he wanted to go to the panels mm-hmm. and not just uh, so. And there were also two different panels that they they had they had essentially uh, programming tracks sure. for the panels. Sure. They had a bunch of YouTube stars and they had people who actually made like Atari games and stuff yeah. like that. And he was more interested in talking to the Atari people than the yeah. YouTube. So she was very proud. She's like. All these other people here, they're just here for the Peter Butter Gamer, <laughs> yeah, I've heard yeah. of. But my son, he wants to talk to the guy who made Pong. Aww. Like, I hope that means he will make it. Like, she was so proud. Oh, God, so he may have snuck into the Peter Butter Gamer. <laughs> yeah, 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 so it was interesting, actually, just from a, a panel, uh, a pop culture gaming sure. panel convention. Like, it really was just, all, like, one, they had two auditoriums. One was nothing but, like, YouTube stars, and the other one is actually people who make games. Hmm. It's just interesting to think, like, online, specifically YouTube personalities yeah. can be popular enough to warrant that, like, that is their whole, that is the whole panel yeah. that they're having. Yeah. That for every panel is just YouTube stuff. Versus know. the guys who actually make the games. What do you talk about in those panels? I don't know. Unless like, they... do you do a live stream? Oh, yeah, I was going to say, like... I wish you just come up and do, unless they're going to talk about, like, the production. Like, I don't know what they do. Because I am kind of morbidly intrigued in the production of and... YouTube things, but that doesn't seem to be like what a fan would go the for. terrible thing is when i left yesterday um there was a line literally halfway around the convention for one of those auditoriums and it mm-hmm. was the youtube thing yeah and the guy who was who invented pong he yeah. had his panel and, like no one was there Aww. so it's kind of like oh 
Oh, well. So, but yeah. Uh, a week after introducing FOB insurance on oh, Metal Jesus. Gear, Konami patched in an offline tax that docks offline players $250,000 every time they log into the game, limit resources on their base, and delete all but three of the captured vehicles in the player's inventory. Technically all three of the kinds, so you can only have like three tanks, three of that, you know, whereas like, yeah. So if I log in now, I am never most gonna of my play shit is this gonna be... game. Yeah, you know what? You might as well give me a copy back. I missed the window. I... Yeah. Then again, I don't want to play it now too because no I one miss, I missed the window playability. Well, that's almost the idea that like how they can so fundamentally change an offline per- online con- offline content for a game weeks after release where they're changing basic parameters of what the game is after a point. Yeah. Like it's one thing because usually when when developers patch a game it's usually adding stuff in or at least fixing the stuff that's broken. This is something where they're they're intentionally limiting what you can do to goad you towards going to an online thing where they want you to pay money. Yeah, I mean this kind of speaks to a company that needs money. Yeah, this this is one of the first examples about I don't know if this happens has happened before on PC uh, video game stuff, but console-wise, this is one of the first times where we're like, yeah, companies got in and released a patch and said, specifically, we're going to limit stuff you can do, because, yeah. and that that will actually adversely affect your... It's so rare your... for people to take things away. Exactly. But you can only and get back with money. Specifically, that they wait until about a month after the game was out, so, like, this would be, like, because if they had this at launch, a lot of people would be upset, but, like, sure. patching this in, this in after a month, so maybe, like, reviewers don't mention, and hopefully no one really gets upset about this too Well, much. see, I, to me, like, it even speaks of, kind of thing. now that we're kind of getting to the days of oh well i'll get it on sale like people you've gotten your money from the people who played full price already so at this point well it's like well if i'm if they're gonna like have less profit thus forward i mean imagine the follow-up they said they're gonna raise prices by 20 percent a month after releasing for pretty much forcing you to i would pay that's i would pay what is it seven dollars two weeks Uh, i would do it what do you play fallout shelter on my android so I have played it on my iPad. Yeah. And I finally upgraded to iOS 9, like, oh, last week, which totally broke Fallout Shelter. Yeah, yeah. Fallout Shelter was one of the few games on the iTunes store right now that didn't upgrade to an iOS... They didn't have a patch for iOS 9. Sure. So it broke the game. Thank God, this week, they finally put out a new patch. It's the first update they've actually put out yeah. the game since, like, August. Yeah. Did you uh, did you download that? I did. It broke my game. <laughs> it broke mine too. So, okay, actually, that makes me because like there before... was a thing where I couldn't. I can't. The way it broke my game is that when I have a, uh, a someone who's on the waste has been in the wasteland and comes back, yeah. I cannot get them back in my shelter. I can't uh, get so they limited the number of people you could have in the wasteland. So maybe if you've exceeded that number, it wouldn't let me click on them at all. Like I would click on them to try and get them back. Oh, in, I have that problem too. But then I found will, out that maybe tied into this new thing where you can only have so many people. It too. seems like um, uh. after a while like it looked like what was trying to happen was the screen that popped up that told me about all the changes for the updates was it great that was struggling to happen oh okay and uh, no I mean the screen looks exactly the same except I tried to click on a wasteland and then it froze and okay. I couldn't do anything like people I could see that things were continuing and like there was a room that needed to be recovered but the, the overlay was there did you buy the robots that clear out stuff fuck no okay fuck no I got one for like a dollar to see what it would do yeah, just and it do. just collects things yeah. without you having to tap it and it also gets damage when raiders attack. Yeah. So you could lose it permanently. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, man, fall- so I reached a funny moment in Fallout Shelter because, you know, once you reach 200 people, you can't... Uh, I'm close to. I've got like 170. You can't have any more people in your in yeah. your thing. And well, that's if part people of this new get pregnant, supposed- they stay pregnant forever. Oh. So finally, what happened was I got in a box and I, uh, I earned a lunchbox. And one of the random things you can earn are new people that can uh, come yeah. into your 
into your vault. So here I am, I'm full up, and this new person comes to my door. They have really good stats, and I'm like, Did you get a Fallout Four person? No, I have not. The, my oh, first that's vault, to be part I did. of the new patch. I know. I thought they were like, Oh, you get Piper for free see. in five boxes. I did not get any. That's of that. what I got, but then my game crashed. I don't know if she, she's still going to be around the next time I boot up my game. Yeah. So. I get this person and they're oh, waiting at my coming. vault gates. Fuck, I, I know really I can't think about, think about it. it. I will get. Really... I've been letting you kind of like like hoard like the enthusiasm for that, but I didn't realize that's what I'm gonna be oh, doing Bill, for most of it. This is not like this is not my enthusiasm. This is just like this is like I'm laying down the rails for the train <laughs> of enthusiasm that will come bursting out of the pipe. Game. Oh, fuck. God damn it! I need to cancel my furs for the other. I'm yeah, I'm not gonna play any other games. Did, you get, a, did you get like the big? Because I know you cut down all your games. I, I'm getting the standard edition. I'm not getting the vault, the Pip Boy, or anything like that. Because I'm real, I'm like, I don't. It's cool and it's cute. But I don't fucking need a Pip Boy. Are you kidding me? Our early birthday present. No, nope. no. Like nope. It's probably sold out by now anyway. Well, yeah, like, I canceled. I'm like, no, this is not going to be like. I I will regret losing that um Last of Us Joel and Ellie getting, statue to my dying day. That's what I'm day. saying. Yeah. This is not that. This is a fucking Pip Boy. I can live without a Pip Boy. It's a like plastic shell that you have yeah. to put your phone into. Yeah, yeah, I'm like I'm not I'm not gonna use the phone edition. I am not. I, you know, I'm what else do you don't you get on this lifestyle? Oh yeah, it's you get other garbage, but it's not none of it is like I don't need anything to incentivize me to get excited. You get a Pip Boy box. Mm-hmm. But yeah, what if you come over here and I we, we you come over and, and I'm so impressed. I just you. happen to have my <laughs> Pip Boy thing on. You just push back your hoodie and reveal. You really only. Oh, it is just the Pip Boy and like some stickers. Yeah, I thought there was more stuff. Nope. Oh. Okay. Oh, and then there's a metal case for the Pip Boy. Sure. Thing. Sure. That's really weird. I, think I thought you get a tiny art book or something. Yeah. That's. Yeah. Uh, but the th- so you in Fallout Shelter, guide. in Fallout Shelter, you get you see there's a dude at the so I get this person who's got really good stats. They're at the door. And I'm like, I really want to recruit that person, but my vault's full up. So I realize I have to kill a vault dweller. Do you have to? Can you just delete them, or do you have to? <laughs> you have to kill them, and then you can choose to not revive them. Do you them. send them out in the wasteland and let them no. die? Because how else are you gonna kill them? No, or because, like, because I couldn't. I had. I had. I, I, I. So what I had to do was that I would also have to wait. So I. Yeah, I had a room. Saying, yeah, if there's I no delete room, character button. I had a room, and I sent everyone else in the room away, and then I rushed it. And rushed it. Oh, and rushed my it. God. And rushed it until they died. <laughs> How did you... I had to brutally murder this person in my phone. By the end of Metal Gear 4, we have to, re- <laughs> to microwave the boss. This is such a... it, the end game of Fallout Shelter is so weird. Because it's like, I must kill my darlings. It's like, no, you can't get pregnant. How did it's you like... choose which one to kill? It was like... I picked the lowest level person with the worst stats, which is hard because I had 200 people. Your ratio of people... How much of them are people you've brought in, led in from the wasteland, who are attracted by the radio signal versus the babies you produce? I only had five babies in this vault because I really? realized I was like, I, 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 my whole game with my whole idea with this shelter was that I was going to um, try to not rush it because my first couple of shelters, because this is the third time I played through this game. God damn! The first I'm still two working shelters, my second shelter. If there was a woman, she was pregnant. 
And but the thing is, I filled my shelter immediately. Yeah, well, that's what's, like I yeah. built it immediately, and uh, it was too fast. So I was like, okay, no, 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 I'm gonna let this grow organically. I'm not going to let anyone get pregnant. Was my plan? I got some people accidentally pregnant because I was moving them around by sticking them in the corners, yeah, and, and then, then man they... and woman, no matter her, yeah. Who now I very carefully, is. but it's, again, it's like I have a man quarters and I have a lady quarters. Never the two shall meet. <laughs> it's just weird, weird metagame. Yeah, I kind of like yeah. I love the other little choices they force on you in that game. Oh, boy. All right. Uh, Nintendo has begun distributing NX development kits and opened a new indie developable portal on its website, seemingly in conjunction with development for that new hardware starting. The Wall Street Journal seems to confirm that it'll be a hybrid console handheld, but with industry-leading chips, unquote. Yeah, Bill notes, woo, Pringles. What are the best chips? (laughs) What are your industry-leading chips? If... It's it, Bill. When you're a married woman, your perception of what is the best chip changes because there's like you all of a sudden are not allowed to be selfish with your chips. Your heart has grown, has changed. That when you are confronted with the chip aisle, your first thought is what sh- not what chip should I get for me? Your first thought is what chip should I get? Should for that allow you still give you the ability to explore and experiment? But my first thought, I, I I'm trying to wean out of junk food in general. Yeah, which is hard. But then I, when I'm looking, when I'm confronted with the chip section, I think not just for myself, but think of my baby. What's what's your baby? Foley's like? favorite Pringle uh, chips are she likes regular Pringles and she likes um, right plain Pringles mm-hmm. and she likes okay. uh, salt and pepper kettle chips. So that's yeah, not bad. Every time. What would you, what's your preference? I've forgotten. I've been with her long enough. Oh now God, I go. I go to the chip aisle. <laughs> but then I think about it, and like growing up, we ate a lot of sour cream and onion, Lay's yeah, potato that's, chips. Yeah, that's always been my. But favorite. that was my family's favorite. I'm like, I don't know if I, on a desert island, were confronted with the chip aisle, what I would do. I don't know well, what my favorite is. New flavors and shit, anyway. But like, God yeah. help us all. We you got the old Sierra. Yeah, you got the plain sour cream and onion. Now, I wonder if that's a purely American thing. This when like I was such a, a specific... kid, my favorite sandwich to make was yeah. white bread. A little bit of mayo, lettuce, and Lay's potato chips, and maybe a tomato. The light crunch. Uh huh. Yeah, I could see that. It was really good. And then the contrast of that dry crunch with the wet crunch of lettuce was good. Yeah, I could see that. Good, satisfying. While you're watching uh, gummy bears. Exactly. It's like a BLT Disney afternoon. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's a PLT (laughs) potato chip. Speaking of Nintendo. Uh, yes. Anyway. <laughs> what's, Bill, what's your insider training take on this? Uh, I am, you know, it's, uh, it, Nintendo is such a weird company in that they're really tied to this hardware loop. And I don't know what, I mean. It's the, weird again because it sounds like, like this means if they're putting out developer uh, things right now, it sounds like they'll, they'll have the new system out by this time next year. Yeah, or with time they, for holidays. They've got to be cutting all links with which the Wii U. Which means they're in the middle of another console cycle, too. It's mm-hmm. rather like, Which, that's been their, kind of their problem in the past, too, not being right on target with everyone else when they're coming out with new hardware. But, like, mm-hmm. like is, is if everyone's in the middle of still being invested in their PlayStation 4... Yeah. Granted, Nintendo keeps on saying that they're not worried about Sony or Microsoft, that they're sure. off doing their own thing, but, like, they still end up getting tripped up by the fact that they are still part of this very closed video game industry though yeah but yeah, yeah. You, I mean, you were saying something i totally oh no no, no. I'm just, it's it's fascinating that nintendo is so tied to its hardware yeah like when i think of sony i don't think of the playstation 4 yeah well nintendo lost gimmicks so much yeah that they kind of force themselves to be tied to like oh it's two screens or it's this or like it's motion controls yeah, yeah. whereas yeah. like sony and microsoft they just make games and the, the hardware supports the games but like yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, I don't know, man. I, Especially I don't if this know. is supposed to be, yeah, what everyone's been saying. It's supposed to be a console that somehow you can take the console experience onto a handheld mm-hmm. while you're doing the handheld plugs right back into the console experience. Sure. So. I mean, that is appealing to me. Like, I admit that I, as a novelty, played some Dragon Age Inquisition in bed using my Vita Link, you yeah. know, from my PS4. But, yeah, it's just such a different experience. It would essentially be a Wii U, except... Yeah. Instead of the instead of the uh, tablet, it'd be a DS. Essentially. Yeah. Or not. Or it'd be a single screen DS. Sure. Like, yeah. Huh. I don't know. We'll see what happens. Crazy. But... Video it's interesting. Crazy. Well, I've I've been kicking screen for the longest time, saying, "Hey, the Nintendo's got to be coming out with the system sooner than later, probably next year, because they haven't announced any new games other than Zelda. I know, yeah. So they're obviously running. So the, uh, obviously Lord. they're running out of Wii U software. Yeah. And also they just know that no one cares about the Wii U. Yeah. I like how everyone's like, they oh, lost. Really? Do you think they're going to abandon the Wii U? The Wii U is the least successful system they've ever had. Why? Why, are why they would they tied? stick with it? Yeah. And like they're like, well, they're going to burn so many customers. The three customers are bought it. That's the whole point. No one bought yeah. this, so there's barely any customers yeah. to get up upset about this also if you bought the wii u you already got most everything you got a zelda well you will have a zelda yeah zelda you got a mario you got a mario you got like this you got that you got well you didn't yeah. get animal crossing either well maybe you're cutting it a little short but fuck it was there ever an animal crossing on the wii yeah okay it had a like microphone so you could speak to other people oh i think i remember that now it yeah, never yeah. worked for us because so we, <laughs> we were gonna use it because joshin uh he has a uh, he his nieces and nephews love animal crossing we're sure gonna play with oh, him. I but remember this now. online stuff on the wii uh was so terrible that it never ever worked um man, animal crossing oh there's animal crossing on the Euro coming out <laughs> i want to buy what's isabel's brother's name Excuse Digby? My, Digby. I want a Digby. I love Digby. I love Digby. No, I want Digby in his raincoat. That's what I want. I love Digby in his little raincoat. Yahoo.com. <laughs> Email. <laughs> Check confirmation from Best Buy. <laughs> I did get... Wait, is Digby... Did, there is a Digby, Digby Amiibo. Raincoat. I don't think it's Digby in his raincoat. There though. are two Animal Crossing Amiibo sets that Best uh-huh. Buy opened up for pre-orders this week. Mm-hmm. And I can't remember if Digby's on... One of them was KK. The other one was I think Digby cuz they're coming out with a new Animal Crossing Mario Party game for the uh-huh. uh, for the Wii U next month. And I you do get a couple of Amiibo that come packed in with a special edition of the game. You get mm-hmm. an Isabel and I do think that maybe that's the one with her brother. Digby. I was going to cancel that, but if you like Digby. No, no, no. I only went Digby in his raincoat. It's like $10. Oh, no. really? I just yeah, I went Digby in his raincoat. Digby is pretty great. I love Digby. Um fucking Animal Crossing. Hey friends, did you know? Were you aware? Were you fully cognizant that you spent what 3 hours listening to the goddamn Boy Howdy podcast? Can you believe it? We're boyhowdypodcast.com. At Boy Howdy Podcast on Twitter. We'll be back next week. Oh, excuse me. Uh, next week, I'm skipping out because I got a friend in town, but Bill will be. We back have no shortly. idea what we're doing because I'm recording well, a Star, Wars, Star Wars, podcast Wars podcast tomorrow night. What I'm not waiting until next week to well, put sure, up. Well, sure, but you put it up and then that's our week. That's our. No, but then next time, then we'll be. It's just going to be me just like doing the rap about. Nintendo and Star Wars. Bill, just... you've, put up, you've put up an episode within the week. You're off the hook. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> Well, Daniel, we're just coming and we'll just do a great, we'll have a tardy podcast. There we go, like, crossover. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, there there go. yeah, who knows? We'll figure out something. Friends, we will talk to y'all soon. Uh, be well. Godspeed. Is Godless. it Halloween? Do we record one more time before Halloween? Spooky. Yes. No, we don't. No. If you're not going to be here next week. Okay, next week's Bill Spooky Cast by himself. <laughs> Tell ghost stories about the campfire. I will get like the Netflix campfire thing on the TV. Crank that up. Uh huh. Ooh, I'm just gonna tell you. I'm just gonna tell you campfire stories of like Nightmare on Elm Street three. Wait, does that mean it's the anniversary? It's not the 200th episode, but is it our anniversary? I think it is. I'm gonna feel bad if I I don't think the next one. Yeah. How addictive is it of our (laughs) podcast? 
Bill, I think it's our three-year anniversary or whatever. I don't know. I'll see you later on. <laughs> you know what? It may be our th- four-year anniversary, but uh, episode 200 is coming up, and yes. you will be here for that. Yes, be, I will. That's, well, that'll be within... That'll be three episodes from now. Because this is 197. Friends, send us your favorite Boy Heidi memories, which is probably when the episode actually ends. <laughs> actually, yeah, kind of close to like, yeah, October 2011. Oh, no. Look it up. Here, look I'm it up. Look it up. Oh, oh no. It's probably this week. Because it was like a week or two before Halloween, right? October 20th. 2011. We're this two is days away. This is essentially this is a four-year anniversary wow. explosion. Hey, guys. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed Boy. this wild roller coaster. Four years. <laughs> We've still never gotten any more comfortable recording There's this or anything. There's not a formula or structure. It's just been four years of it. We abandoned the formula because I thought it was too much work. <laughs> Yeah, I remember our first like dozen episodes. We were like doing yeah. movie commentaries and Do stuff like that. A, should there be a gimmick? I'm just gonna sit should here and talk about Pinocchio for an hour. <laughs> hey guys, so Pinocchio, I have Pinocchio we're like, thoughts. We'll talk about avatars. We'll talk about uh, scary movies. We'll talk about that sort of stuff. And I still think it would be us. terrible if we went back and occasionally did like a themed thing. There's sure. No reason, especially if you sure. don't want to, if if the news that week has been horrible four enough. Four years. Four years. There are children in this world that are younger than this podcast. My goddaughter is younger. Who's your god? Do you have a goddaughter too? Yeah. They have a godson and a goddaughter. Are they related? (laughs) They are. They're brother and sister. You're spreading yourself a little thin there. (laughs) Expecting a lot of your friends to die. Four years. Damn. We never got kids. Now we turn to dust. Yes. (laughs) Actually, I still need to send out, uh... Six gun packages oh, out Jesus to people Christ. from two this years ago. This is the ago. worst podcast in the world. Love you guys. Friends, well, thank you for listening to our garbage. Fourth anniversary. Woo. <laughs> uh, wow. All right. High energy. Bye, everybody. Now we feel really embarrassed. Now we're just backing out the door. Like, hey, guys. <laughs> Bye, guys. We're, like, yeah, yeah, we're just going to go. We got to go buy a pack of cigarettes. <laughs> we'll be back. Bye. <laughs>